notice that there is a massive influx in the amount of people that identify as libertarian these days? Yes, there's something to that. And Hannity's like, weird yeah, man. To begin yeah. with, that the president is on Fox News, like that he, I did. Oh, did Barack Obama ever call into any? No, bro. That's really weird. Come on. Social media companies got a hold of it. And You're going down, Zuckerberg. Just kidding. He might be. <laughs> Welcome to the salt of the streets Coming at you every week With this food for thought Hope you're ready to eat With everything going on in this nation We need some information And that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation With real talk and real topics Real people, real problems Think we need some help to solve them And leave it up to Colin and the Donovan right, Cause that's the what, what's that? Up, oh, let's get ready And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix Rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship We are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Friday, October 4th, 5.23 p.m., episode 70. <laughs> and welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on all the... Uh, oh, man, see what happens when I go off script? On all the... I even lost my spot on all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. And the best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness <laughs> and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As Shit. always, we are your hosts. I'm Colin. I'm Donovan. <laughs> Was it good for you? And coming up on this week's show, we have the... We got a Houston police officer goes to jail for murder. We've got the Washington state government attacks the vaping industry in a pretty heavy duty way. And maybe the federal government. Yeah, and that's <laughs> let's not he keeps bring talking that, about that let's shit. Let's not bring up that nightmare. But of course, the uh, elephant in the room, if you will, and uh, that's not a pun just because he's a quote unquote Republican. But we're going to be talking, of course, about the Trump Ukraine and impeachment inquiry whirlwind joe biden and hunter biden and all the shit and china now apparently yeah <laughs> hillary clinton in 2016 you know yeah. and then the fucking the server we yep. found the ser- oh wait no this is just a conspiracy theory right, it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be a great show we're so glad you're with us today yeah, wh- what are we drinking today we're bringing what do we call the space blood space again? blood <laughs> We couldn't remember what it was called, but it's a mixture of two two different beers, and it's like our favorite thing on the planet, besides yeah. talking to you guys every week. Oh, we should do housekeeping again. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. that. Uh, so, <laughs> we are, sweet, sweet, yeah, sweet. we talked about this in a pre-show as well, but if you not, did not catch the pre-show, which you absolutely should, um, we are... Looking like we are going to move towards an every other week podcast schedule. So they'll still come out on Mondays. They're just going to come out every other week. Excuse me. In the opposite weeks, we are going to actually be putting out blog posts, audio blog posts. We're going to figure out exactly how that's going to be done. But with it every other week, we're going to actually have time to do that. It will work. We promise you'll have content. We're not going anywhere. It's talked about in the pre-show. You guys are incredible. We're you know still seeing growth that's like consistent, and it's it's awesome. And that's all you. Yeah. But we got to keep <clears throat> it up. Especially because PodCoin just went under RIP PodCoin. Oh, yeah. So, you know, just do everything you can. You know, just help us out. Just share it and just let people know and just keep keep talking, commenting, you know, rating, uh, reviewing. It helps other people see it. It's awesome. So, thank you, guys. Um, and, and keep it up. Absolutely. And on it. that note, uh, I 
completely neglected because we started to get, you know, off track on the podcast or on the pre-show a little bit. Um, so I wanted to talk about PodCoin and just just some of the, the stuff <clears throat> happening in the, in the realm of audio entertainment, if you will, in the, in the podcast yeah. sphere, right? And I think it even speaks a little bit more to social media and stuff, too. But PodCoin, as you alluded to earlier, went down the end of September. I think their final day was like the 24th or something like that. Something and sad. fucking surprise, Bryce, because as awesome as, as it was for us and exposure and all this great stuff. Uh, and if you are here from the formerly, the artist formerly known as PodCoin, welcome <laughs> to whatever other podcast platform you're on. And I'm sorry, you're probably having to hear ad reads on all your other favorite podcasts, but we know we are your favorite, so oh. I don't feel that bad. Um, but the, uh, whoa, we got a Skype call? Hello? Hello? Hi. Hello, Jordan. You're on the yes. podcast. Yeah, we're 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 recording the podcast right now. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. Hi. Honestly, my phone was a Well You got butt dialed, bro. Thanks for joining the show. Do you have anything that you want to say before you leave? Um, I'm really confused why your voice was coming out of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Oh, thanks. Oh, well, we I'm love Jordan. Shopping now, so I'm gonna go get mine. <laughs> and that. Okay, well, have a good time, guys. All right, love you. <laughs> love you. Bye. Bye. See, this is why you choose Salt of the Streets because <laughs> I will pick up any phone call. Yep. All right, don't don't tempt me with a good time, even um, if you're calling us from DC. I'll still pick that shit up. Oh snap! Yeah. So Podcoin. Yes. Podcoin had zero ad revenue intake yes if you never just for background if you never used podcoin it was an app that we were using where you could go on there we also promoted it if you listen to the podcast you heard the ad read the call did a great job on where you could go on there and you would get virtual coins for listening to podcasts and you could turn in those coins for gift cards or you could donate them for different things i donated all of mine to animals yeah food a shitload of calories of dog food is what i donated um and so it was cool. Um, what is it? It's 106,460 calories of dog food I Look donated. It was 5,323 pod coin that I oh. had. Yeah, I was balling out. I was working towards 10,000 because I was going to get a fucking $50 Amazon card, but instead donated all of it to the animals. Because animals are awesome, and you the dog, are a saint. and the dog that was on there was this little black lab puppy, and it was so fucking so cute. I really want a chocolate lab. That's like a chocolate lab and a German short-haired pointer, something about a Ooh. brown dog. You know, I love a brown dog. I don't know what the deal is with fucking that, racist. Is what you are? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, because the the German pointers are even like like brown and white. You know, yeah. but I've no, they're cool looking dogs. Something man. about a brown dog. Yeah. yeah, we had a chocolate lab who is no longer with us, unfortunately. It was a family dog. Actually, Chloe, show pup, that is one of her pups. Oh, really? Yeah. That's adorable. And poor Chloe's getting old, man. She's starting to show her age. She's getting arthritis real bad. Yeah. She's as old as my marriage is. We got her. That was part of our wedding present was we got one of the... The puppies from the litter. That's adorable. Yeah, it was. It's adorable. So she is. Dogs are the best. I think. Was it eight weeks? I think is when you do the handoff from the mom and yeah. stuff like that. So she's eight weeks older than our marriages. Wow. So it's it's adorable. Yeah. Um. 
What was I talking? Oh, PodCoin. Uh, so yeah, this PodCoin thing was great. It was cool because yeah, the the point accu accumulation was pretty slow, but at the end of the day, all you're doing is listening to podcasts, and so if you kept who cares a, if, it if takes you kept a, a streak going, yeah. then it was like two coins for every ten minutes, which was actually a pretty good rate. But it mm-hmm. did cap you out at seven hundred and twenty minutes a day. I realized that's like the most pod coins you could earn was, you know, whatever, like 36 or something like that a day. Oh. And it caps you out at a certain point. I only, only you would be able only to tell I, <laughs> Only I would know, but it caps you out. You don't get 10 hours I was like, if who you else listen has straight 10 hours for 10 today? hours. However many hours, 720 minutes is. Or, God, I know. miss listening to podcasts for 10 plus hours a day. It's kind of rad. It is. Sometimes I, I run out, you know. So many audiobooks I went through because I would listen to this was back. I mean, we had probably a lot of money. Half the podcast load that we have yeah, nowadays. You yeah. Know? And we would still we'd run out like part way through. I mean, we'd have the definitely uh, halfway through the week. Yeah. Because we have our dailies that we'd hit, mm-hmm. but that's over and done within an hour. Especially then it was only like two or three, and you'd have to listen to like the whole BBC podcast just because that one's like fifty minutes, you know, yeah. just to you so you're listening to shit you don't even care about. Because they always have a stretch puff it out. piece at the yep. end. And, and I'm like, like, I don't care just don't about give a shit. Yep. saving the gorillas in the Congo. Yeah. Awesome. I mean I do. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the example I would have used, but <laughs> that's not why i'm a hero but, though yeah I'm just there's saying. some shit i just didn't care about yeah yeah some of it was pretty weird but yeah i like i just knew it was inevitable i had a note i told you i had written down like a month ago and i just kept bringing meaning to bring it up and it was like podcoin business model like and the only thing i can assume was they were getting some kind of kickback from amazon and beats or whatever those headphones were were like the ultimate prize yeah just to keep them afloat but there's you know there's no money in it. How are you supposed to run a platform without some kind of revenue system in place, right? And that gets me thinking. Because there was no ads. No. You know, just again, for anybody who never used it, there was no ads on there um, that were PodCoin ads. We never had to pay to be on there or to get promoted or anything. Mm. So, so like, there's no I, money. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. And, but that started to get me thinking again. And I... I am of the mindset now, and I might have been listening to too much of the portal this week. They had that on uh, Andrew Yang, by the way. Um, so Eric Weinstein and Andrew Yang on the podcast together for an hour. All right. That you I might to have listen to listen to. This. Yeah, that I might um, have to listen to. But, uh, you know, it comes up that this this ad model that we see on social media, we hear in podcasts, the daily is notorious these days about that. Fuck the daily. And we're going to segue into the daily because it's quick okay. after this. Because uh, we have thoughts on where the daily's at these days, and, and uh, so I start to think about this. Right, this is a it's a perverse incentive structure for a business. Yes, right to rely on other businesses interested in the content that they put out. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about podcast platforms or social media platforms, we are the content creators that do not see a dime. Of the ad revenue that they make. Yeah. So unlike the Twitch model, which I know very little about, but I do know they have the partnership program and affiliate program that allows you to get paid. Again, I don't know much about it, so I'm not going to talk too much, but essentially pennies on the dollar and shit. I mean, you know, but there's nothing for the everyday user of social media. There's there's no payback. There's no yeah. incentive. Why are you forced to see these these ads and stuff? And it's, we find out that there's probably a new 
there's probably an unwritten amendment to the constitution where uh, you have the privacy of your data and your the right to your privacy of the data that we didn't think about before social media companies got a hold of it and you're going down just, zuckerberg just kidding he might be <laughs> i wouldn't hate it at this but elizabeth point, warren honest. has anything to say about it he definitely is elizabeth warren needs to just go away i'm, I'm done with her but it just got me thinking man and it's this stuff has got to change because it is not it's not able to operate at scale because these platforms have millions and millions of data points that provide input. And there's no way that you can reliably count on a particular platform to do what you think is best for your ad read or your fucking ad post on Facebook or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. There's no control. And so this has opened us up into this new era of politically involved corporations and companies because they want to pick a side of who they sell to and who buys their stuff and you know Nike getting involved with Kaepernick and stuff and part of it maybe and who knows but you know there's a lot of motive there that you're kind of assuming when you make these calls but well there has to be a better way to provide creators the opportunity to make a profit where a platform can still take a percentage of it, and it's very similar to maybe like a Patreon model, mm -hmm. where it's a subscription base or something. I don't know. But it's a crazy new world, and these these are ideas I think people should be thinking about, because the old school way of... When I scroll through my Facebook feed, mm -hmm. which is only about once a day, because I can only stand so much nonsense, but half of it is ads, right? Half of what I see is ads. Why am I seeing that? I want to see the pictures my friends are posting. I'm looking for wedding pics that are, you know, illegitimately hitting the Facebook a little too early or whatever. You yeah. know, just whatever, you know. And I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing ads for the most part. And I don't want that. And I understand that because we choose this platform of Facebook to be right. on and all this, we right. have to be exposed to that. And that's what that. I was just going to say is that's like a, a consequence of choosing to use that platform. Which did not exist at its inception. Yeah. Which is weird to think about. But, but they got to make money eventually. They know? do. At a certain point. Otherwise, they, they would have been money. a pod coin. Yeah. And there's a difference, I think, that I can, I can see between just regular ad marketing and targeted ad marketing, you know? Yeah. But targeted it's ad pervasive. marketing is also based off of the things that you are liking. Or talking about. Or talking or, about or whatever, you know, like that's based on your, the interest that you're putting out there. Your data. You know? So that's like, you know, and whether or not it's data, because like, I, like if, if your Twitter is locked, you know, I can see that, but like mine's open, you know? Mm -hmm. So is the shit that I'm saying on Twitter, like, is that really my data? Cause I'm fucking, you're I'm putting, putting it, it out there, the, you know, into yeah. the open Twitterverse where especially if I use a hashtag, anyone could see it at any time and could say it, you know, and could say something to it. And that's, I told you I the shit about Kevin Smith. I got fucking 10 people on there. I don't know. 90 of them liking it. Mm -hmm. I don't fucking know who they are. And it's because Kevin Smith liked it. They saw it and they started liking it. You Kevin know? Smith liked it? 
Yeah. Of That's course, how this dude. whole thing happened. That's how the whole thing happened. Yeah. That dude never ceases to amaze me. I just, I I get really lucky, I think, at tweeting at people at the time. Dak Shepard. At the time Kevin they're Smith. on their phone. You know, like I just happen to get to them when they're actively on their phone. And I just think I have really lucky timing with that. So I appreciate it, though, you know. And a lot of it is like... I don't like plan it out, but if I see that someone is like tweeting, I'm definitely more apt to, to jump on. You know, if I have something to say, that I'm not going to make something up to say because I see that Kevin Smith is on Twitter. But if I'm thinking about tweeting and I go on there and I see that the fir- one of the first four things is Kevin Smith retweet- retweeted this, I'm like, well, also he's on Twitter right now. So, so you I'm know, jumping he on. M- even if he doesn't like it, he might see it and be like, hey, that's rad, you know? So. Do you have anything for your new segment this week? I don't. I don't oh, okay. have anything. I have something we can talk about that I couldn't necessarily add into this because I couldn't draw <laughs> enough a big enough distinction. We can talk about it. Um, and if you want to hear us talk about more stuff like this, you can find us on our personal social media. You can find me at alpaca underscore Don on Instagram and at salt of the street on Twitter. And he is at Big Bird Offy on both of those things. We have our YouTube at Salt of the Streets, our Facebook at Salt of the Streets, our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, and you can find all of that information on our website website it's all of the streets.com thank you very much um it's awesome it's being redone my wife's kicking ass so with the vape ban that happened in washington right yes. so we can just start here because this it. we'll start here with this and then we'll lead into actual information right so they i've seen a lot of people like sharing shit that's like oh so heroin and meth is okay in my state but flavored vapes are not okay right and they're like fucking you know you can go in and you know, like thank god my safe injection site is now fucking vape free you know and shit like that and i <laughs> i mean that's so northwest though so, so passive aggressive super frustrating right because it's if nothing else disingenuous to the argument that exists behind those things right yes and this is a conversation i've had with a couple of different people and it's i don't feel goes over well every time right or really mm-hmm. anytime other than talking to you about it when you're talking about drug addiction and trying to deal with drug addiction no one knows how to fix it nobody right? so there is a thousand different ideas on what people think is the way to go right and it part of it starts with what you think about people who are doing drugs, right? Mm-hmm. If you think that people who are doing drugs at a certain point are sick, right? Where and this is my personal opinion, right? There's a choice that you make to start doing drugs because you have to make that decision to pick up the pipe to smoke methamphetamines, to fucking to slam heroin into your arm, to do any of these things that is gonna fuck you up and you could get crazy addicted to. You have to make the choice to do that, right? Yep. There is a short window of time in which you can stop doing that before you are wrapped up in something that you are addicted to and your biology and your chemistry in your brain has been adjusted to the point that you will literally get sick and at a certain point can die if you don't have that, right? And I'm not saying like, oh, fucking poor you because you're just so sick and you have a disease. You fucked yourself up, but now you have a disease and if you quit, you'll die, right? Or you'll get so fucking sick, you'll want to die, you know? So... That's how I personally feel about that, right? You make a choice, but at a certain point, you're in something that you don't necessarily have control over. Yeah, you right? can't get out so, once you're, you're in too deep. So there's different ways that people think to solve drug addiction, right? Or people dealing with opioids and shit like that, right? One of them is, is a safe injection site, right? And along with that, like a needle exchange. And the ideas behind this, 
right? Before anyone's like, this is fucking stupid. It's advocating for this, right? The idea behind it. So there are grown ass people and you can't force anyone to get clean. If you try and force someone to get clean, they will not get clean. You have to want to be sober to be sober or else you will not stay sober. I have never been addicted to methamphetamines or heroin. I have many family members that have more than dabbled in these things. And I can tell you, if you don't want to be clean, you cannot get clean. So the idea behind these things is... We would rather you have more opportunities to realize what you're doing and turn around, turn around your life as opposed to just maybe dying, right? So we would rather you have clean needles if this is what you're going to do because we, we can't stop you. We would rather you have clean needles so you don't get AIDS, so you don't get hepatitis, so you don't die, so that we don't have to further spend more money on you in the system later on right? Because if you're addicted to drugs and you're going to get free needles, chances are you're going to have health insurance that gets paid by for the by the taxpayers, right? Yeah. When it comes to safe injection sites, if you're going to do it, I would rather you not die. And there's many people who don't agree with that. If you're going to do drugs, there's a lot of people who are like, fuck them. They're making that choice. They're going to die. I understand they're making that choice. Mm-hmm. But if the idea behind it, like I said, is that you want to provide someone with the opportunity to turn their life around to get clean. And you can't do that if you're dead, right? And there's a, so, there's tons, tons of success stories of addicts that got clean and turned their whole life around. And I know for a fact that that the amount of ODs in the areas surrounding safe injection sites drops dramatically, right? Oh, yeah. And certainly there are people who are fucking high as shit outside of the safe injection site because they get as high as they can without dying and then leave. And they just fucking fall over sometimes and they're fucked up on the ground. That's the thing that happens. No one wants to see that. I'm not advocating for this, right? I'm And I'm... I'm not not advocating for it, right? But I'm saying I'm not advocating for people being fucked up in the streets because I don't like that, right? Yeah, it's not a good – it's bad for public safety. But it's a difference in the way that you're looking at what's going on. And I think it is at the very least disingenuous to conflate the two things, safe injection sites and fucking needle exchanges and flavor juices being banned, being banned, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm again, I'm not even defending the fucking the vaping because I think it's stupid as shit. But to to compare those two things, like I said, is at the very least disingenuous. Also, super misinformed, and I just I don't I don't appreciate it. it makes me super frustrated, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like just speaking as someone who has family, like I said, who's more than dabbled in that shit. I would rather my family has the opportunity to get clean. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because you can't do anything about it. There's nothing you can do besides at a certain point be like, do you? I'm not going to involve myself, but do you? But I would like to know that that my sister has the opportunity to get clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Without like, I don't know, you know, and and maybe – Maybe that's biased because of the the circumstance that I'm in and the experience that I have with it. But that's just the experience that I have that colors my opinion that I feel if you're not you, but you, audience, people listening that, you know, people who don't agree with this, who think that's stupid, that it's advocating for drug use. I think that and I this is, a, you know, an assumption, but I think that if you had a sibling that was deeply entangled in the weeds of heroin you would want them to have every opportunity to turn their life around and come back, you yep. know, because it's not, it's so different. It doesn't you define know I, you as a, as an individual. It's as a so different, being. you, you can, know, it's, there's always a, 
a way you can turn your life around. Yeah. And if you just operate on the assumption that those people are lost causes and you walk away, I can understand the argument behind it. Yeah. Especially as somebody that uh, is particularly fond of personal responsibility. Certainly. But I'm also more... I'm I'm more conscious of the overall cost of what happens when you don't try to do something about it. Because literally, like, by the dollars, it is more expensive to have a bunch of drug addicts ODing and dying around you than it is to have a bunch of drug addicts shooting up at one spot and not dying. Yeah. It's, It's just, it's a... For one, you're straining the EMS system and their whole capacity to serve their community because now their attention is solely focused in one area. Right. right. It's not like you go into a room and there's a nurse there who's just like, have fun. I know I I feel very you use drugs. They're probably talking to you actively about how this may not be the best choice to be making at that time, you know? You have other choices. We also have, you know, sobriety programs. We have outpatient programs, inpatient programs. There's places you can go. There's assistance you can get through the state. There's this. There's this. Guarantee it. Guarantee there's information there. There's there's pamphlets there. There's the information, the opportunity once inside the safe injection site to make that choice to turn around. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're just like, here you go. You know, fucking have no. fun. They're there to make people make sure people don't die. And in the best of cases help them try and get clean you know and i just it's i mean it's a good i think to dismiss the validity that there is to it is 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 frustrating Mm -hmm. um and it's a personally hurtful you know like as somebody like i said who has family members who are still active in that Mm -hmm. that's personally hurtful you know that's like i like that's my family i want i want them to have that opportunity you know and i but from the get-go you're talking you know this person who did this post and stuff like that you're comparing apples and oranges here when we're talking about vaping and it does not the two there's no way to talk about the two together no there's really no the only possible correlation is the fact that addiction is a factor yes in some cases depending on what we're talking about and how backwards this whole spin has gotten but i i have a friend of mine who is uh we know you know is pretty close to us and all this stuff who is adamantly against vaping and is overwhelmed with joy that this proposed ban on the flavored vape products that Washington state is pursuing is happening. She's yeah. overwhelmed because she does not approve of it. She thinks it's annoying, you know, and I I don't fault her at all for that. Because there's a reason I went to the jewel because it has less of that stupid annoying cloud that went on and you know this whole thing and it's the more adult version but it's also not even that because it's the more discreet version you know because kids are mad into jewels because they're more discreet and they can use them and like their parents don't know as much and they're small Mm -hmm. and they're easy to hide and the pods are super tiny and i think they're relatively cheap you know i don't think that they're super expensive no they're gettable but man you go broke just like smoking cigarettes or anything, you know, it's, it's of, expensive I, as hell for I a reason. I heard that one of those pods is a whole pack of cigarettes. It's the equivalent amount of nicotine of as a whole pack, pack of cigarettes, cigarettes. But they also do make variety of strengths. They make Word. a 5% and a 3%, just like in the standard vaping world with those big-ass box mods yeah. and stuff like that. They, you know, you have a 
zero. That's the shit I nicotine. think is making people sick, man. We'll get to that, but yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you have the zero percent nicotine, which what are you doing? And then three is, you know, you're weaning yourself off. They got six, 12, and I, I think I've seen him go up as high as 24, 24. which is... When I first... Whoa. When I was smoking cigarettes, right? I, mm-hmm. I smoked cigarettes from like 15 to probably like 20, right? And maybe like 19. Either way, like when vaping was first starting to take off, you know, I was getting... I was still when they were just tanks and like before mm-hmm. the mods were like still a big thing, you know? And... You just... You always like to get close when you talk, so I'm just yeah, putting I the mic know. where you where um, you always go. So, like before the mods and things were really big, right? I was vaping and I started at 24. Um this one perfect um and i started at 24 to get myself off of cigarettes um and then i you know i moved down to 18 and then 12 and 6 and then down to 3 and then i stopped and i remember when i stopped i had a bunch of friends who were like well why are you stopping and i was like (laughs) wasn't that the point like i I finished isn't that why we started doing this was to be done like consuming nicotine you know and that's why i stepped down gradually like i don't understand um like i thought this was what we were all doing guys but that was when people were first starting to like get mods and shit like that and you know they're building them and stuff like that with all the coils and whatnot and i just didn't ordering juice from china yes so okay so let's get into the actual vapens right so so the the story behind this and we've talked about in a couple of pre shows and i think some shows before is now we are at a point where there's over a thousand people who are sick from vaping related illnesses right whether we are talking about straight nicotine vaping or excuse me thc vaping consumption of like of cartridges like this you know um there are a thousand people over a thousand people that are sick and 18 people that have died the last time that i checked and uh, there is a consistency they all are vaping and then there's a consistency that a lot of them are using black market thc cartridges right and i want to be very clear about that because that is going underreported and then a lot of times you have to click on an article inside of an article to find one that says that they're black market thc cartridges or at least speaks about it in depthly right um so that's really important to know because it's it's not exactly been clear, right? A lot of people are confused because last week there was a flavored juice vape ban that went into effect in Washington state, right? Jay Inslee put his stupid fucking foot down and signed an executive order and decided that flavored juices are going to be banned, uh, I think, on like the 9th or something like that. And anything that has like a, a food-derived terpene additive or any additives, I believe, is what's going on. And so there's a lot of people, like I said, that are confused as to why this is going on. The research that we've done, because I've been following this since the beginning, right? Oh, yeah. There has been two issues that have been conflated here into one, right? One of them is young like teens and children getting access to jewels and vapes and shit like that that are generally fruit flavored right because they're more appealing and and that's i like what we talked about this before and i remember when i was young they were banning flavored cigarettes for that same thing you know that they went to straight tobacco cigarettes for the same thing that more kids were smoking flavored cigarettes than anything else and they're arguing they're being targeted towards youth and all this shit so you can't buy as of the ninth flavored 
jewel pods or juices or anything in the mm. stores anymore even the dab cartridges the thc cartridges you can't buy food derived terpene ones but you will be able to buy cannabis derived terpenes terpenes if you don't know are the flavor chemicals inside of anything inside of food or cannabis or anything that'll have different flavor chemicals they're called terpenes and so you cannot have food derived terpenes so one of the issues is like I said, the young people getting into the access of the of the vaping, and then the other side was people starting to get sick, mm-hmm. right? And these two things happen at the same time, where states are starting to do the flavor juice bans to try and help combat youth consumption, and then people are getting sick at the same time. And because they happen at the same time, it's perfect so they, storm. They got mixed up right into the same issue, and so now it's the flavor juices that are you know that are making people sick, and this and just the THC cartridges, not the black market. And so there's so much confusion around what's going on. But feel confident in knowing. That the these are two separate issues, right? They are two separate issues that warrant two separate discussions. And as far as trying to remedy either one, the executive order that just overall bans flavored vape juice and cartridges and whatever, it is not the way to go, no. right? So, not the way to go. And I think I don't know if you might have said this. I might have missed this, but so what happened here? Just so we can throw out the facts here first God, is that's good. Uh, yeah, the governor, Jay Inslee, who, thank God, is not running for president anymore, Woo! signed an executive order um, Jay directing the State Board of Health to use its emergency authority to ban all flavored vaping products, including those containing THC, if adopted during the health board's October 9th meeting. This ban will take effect go. the next day. It'll last for a hundred. 120 days and has the ability to be renewed at that point. So that's what we're looking at. It isn't in place yet. We're going to be watching very, very closely on the 9th to see what happens. And knowing the state legislature, as we do, this is going to pass. And because they, the Democrats have a very heavy majority in the state now. Um, but so this is going to pass and we're going to deal with the consequences afterwards. Yeah. I have already signed the petition against it. Hey, me too. Hey, look at that. I think you did it. And did you share? Yes. Thing? Thank yeah, you, yeah. John. Uh, he, uh, the guy whose house we got married at, John, uh, red. He, he listens to the show pretty frequently. He says he listens to it and sometimes he wants to pull his hair out from some of the stuff that I'm saying and some of the stuff that we're saying. <laughs> um, but he enjoys hearing it, you know. It's Welcome to the center, so, baby. Yeah. No, he's, he's a good guy. He's very strong libertarian, very about his own shit. Don't touch my money. Don't fucking fuck with me. Just leave me alone and let me do what I want mm-hmm. to do. Um, so very quick side note. Yes. Have you noticed that there is a massive influx in the amount of people that identify as libertarian these days? Yes. Be- There's something to that. Which is weird because I remember when I was a kid, my mom is registered as a libertarian. And that's not my mom no. at all. Right? <laughs> she at all. signed up as a libertarian, I think, so that she wasn't like to be in either party but mm-hmm. i don't i think she kind of thought it was like independent you know but at the time it was just libertarians were just dumb like no one it's understood crazy. them and they're just like you guys are yeah you guys are crazy you know you as just, a political party they still are yeah yeah um but it's i think it has as people are pulling away from the two larger political parties they're identifying more with that that they're realizing like oh this is kind of like 
a little bit of both of these things, you know, that like, I want people to get the things that they need, but don't take too much of my money to do it. Just leave me alone. Yeah. And I don't, don't touch my guns and don't charge me too much to live on my own land or preferably nothing at all. You know, I'd, I'd love to pay no taxes. That would be great. Um, Ooh, so I got a new friend that started working at the the city, and uh, I'm gonna tap that resource here one of these days. Real yeah. soon, I got I got to let her get ensconced in the bureaucracy, and then I got to tap that because we got some changes we got to make around. I here. think when a lot of people realize that libertarians are like generally in like up the alley of taxation is theft. They're like, wait, you don't want to pay any taxes. And they're like, yes. They're like, that sounds cool. <laughs> that sounds really nice that that's I don't a, have to pay any taxes. to a lot of people yeah. that think left and think right. Nobody wants to pay more money yeah. to the government. Yeah. Uh, so but I agree. There's a lot more people identifying no. as libertarian. He seems like he's been up that alley for a long time. But Well, good for um, him. Either way, yeah, he's the one that, that spread it at first. Fuck Jay Inslee. I, don't, I, I, can, I can't stand Jay Inslee. The absolute worst. His lieutenant governor is also kind of a, an idiot. Yeah. I will say that. He was on the uh, our favorite people of all time, the PSA guys, were <sighs> recently in Seattle, oh. where they found a loving audience, of course, because thank you, City of Seattle, for we being who gone. you are. We should have um, gone. I didn't even know they were doing it. I did. They've yeah. been talking about it for months. We should have gone. I have a really hard time justifying paying them any money. Oh, God, we would have hated it. We would have hated it right? the whole time. We would have had to get fucked up before we went. We, we would have had to go to the bar, have at least three, four beers before we went, smoke weed on the way there. We would have to. And then hey, just throw cards at people and just be like, you guys are fucking socialists. Yeah. We're out of here. Y'all yeah, are he was, crazy. Uh, he was on the uh, the last the tail end, you know, how they generally have a guest or something like that or yeah. a plain interview. He was on the tail end of that show and uh, I fear for the future it of can our be, state. Sometimes those interviews can be very informative. And sometimes, sometimes they are but this very ideological. Show. Yeah. And it was basically just him answering a couple questions and talking about how amazing hey. Governor Inslee is. <sighs> Sorry. That, that, yeah. So we're going to find out what happens. But the... Like you said, there's two major narrative streams here that have coalesced into yeah. one perfect storm of stupidity. And I have a problem with both of them. Um, one of them being the children aspect. Yeah. The children are getting addicted to nicotine because we make unicorn hair flavored fruit juice and all this stuff, right? Well, newsflash, I'm a grown-ass man, and I vape that stuff. I yeah. used to back in the day. Well, most people do. It Very doesn't, few people yeah. don't. I know some Not real- Not unicorn hair, but- Real hardcore, like, I don't know how I put them, rednecky, dirty, hardcore, you know, Republican, you know, conspiracy theorists in some, some country OGs. That, that grow, you know, that, that vape some pretty fruity stuff. Because it's, you know, or the, the it custard flavors. Yeah, because it tastes pleasant and I they don't to, like the taste of cigarettes anymore. I used to really like Wondermelon. Wondermelon. That was my favorite one when I did vape. Yeah, and I, that was one of the things that got me off smoking cigarettes was the taste. I didn't like the taste. I didn't mm-hmm. like the smell. didn't like smelling like it. I and once you go shit. to vaping where there's like a pleasant taste yeah. and experience. It's not good anymore. You can't go back to a cigarette because you, yeah. you taste like garbage. You, yeah. s- you smell like garbage. Everything is terrible again. Like, so, it works so I don't, to get off cigarettes. I don't think that, like you said, I don't think that it's the flavors. You My know. family <laughs> knows this, but early, before it was legal for me to have, yeah. 
banning it's the same thing when we we t- I think we touched on this when we talked about when we raised the smoking age to 21. Right. You're not I going forgot to that that even people, happened. Right? I forgot that that even happened. How does it feel to be an old fart? I don't even have, it's nice to not have to consider but I forgot yeah, right. that that even happened. It's wild. That is fuck. So, Sucks to be 18, man. There's nothing good about being 18 anymore. You're not an adult anymore. Officially Except for nothing you can go good. to jail. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the only thing you could do as an adult when you can you're enlist now. if you want. Yeah, you can enlist but you can't drink, Still you can't, can't smoke. smoke. You know, you're just kind of el screwed. Yeah. Cuz the federal government always Move to another state when you enlist. Yeah. Because I ran into that when I joined the Coast Guard. First unit I was stationed at was up in Alaska, and their smoking age was 19, maybe. Oh, they, so you were was, 18 like and you thing. couldn't. And they're like, guys, newsflash for you. We live in this state. You are not allowed to smoke here while you're attached to this unit until you're 19 years old because we obey state laws. And I was like, oh, bro. Like, I already smoke cigarettes. Like I'm already actively doing it. What do you mean I can't do it anymore? But so, ask me if that stopped me. So, like you said, I don't, I don't think that it's the flavors, right? It's I do never know, going to stop. I do know that there has been, in the recent years, at least according to the studies that people will answer to and kids will answer honestly, there's been like a 25% uptick in kids that are using some form of nicotine, right? Mm-hmm. And I've noticed, certainly just from young kids that I know, that there are kids Kids that never smoked cigarettes before, but they're using jewels and shit now, you know? Yeah. And it's like, why are you doing that, right? Part of it, I don't know that, I don't know enough about the companies to say that they're marketing directly towards kids, right? But I know that there I did are, see some jewel ads that were not directly, but you watch the video and you go, oh, that is jacked. Well, and I know that there are like Instagram influencers influencers right like you know supreme patty is you ever heard supreme patty thankfully no so supreme patty is a guy he like squirts lemons in his eyes and like all this stupid shit he also sells jewel tide pod kid he also sells jewel wraps like stickers to put on the outside of your jewel to make it look different right so he's not selling jewels we're accessorizing but kids who like to watch him do jackass style shit they're also seeing that he's selling jewel wraps and they're like oh why should give me a jewel and then i can have a supreme petty jewel wrap and i'm not blaming supreme petty because it's not his fault this is happening but it's shit like that shout out supreme petty even if the companies are not marketing towards kids they are advertising with people that are working with kids, you know, mm-hmm. and it's however it's happening. It's uh, and I'm I don't know, you know. It's I, I know the shit's not, you know, I know the shit's not good for you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's in- inhaling anything is not good for you. Smoking this is not good Air. for you. It's, Air that's the only thing here. that is supposed like good for you. You Just know, talking to a guy who smokes weed, doesn't vape anymore for x amount of reasons. Smokes cigars. You know, I will when I am at a We're bonfire. Cool weed cigar. I am so fucking excited about well, that. Let's do it. And there's CBD too in there, Ooh. which is going to help my back because my back still hurts like a bitch. But uh, but I have a proposition to fix this. All right. Because as we know, when you make something illegal, all you do is create an illegal market for something. It is not going to stop kids like me when I'm growing up from getting beer and getting cigarettes. There's only one possible fix to this, and I don't agree with it, but this is the only way that will do it, and you need to outlaw nicotine. (sighs) The only way you can do this, because unless you make it a controlled substance that is illegal, people will still use it and get it. I have a... You can make your own. 
Like you can you can make your own juice by buying oh, yeah, yeah. the ingredients. The there it's like you can it's buy like it cooking ingredients. Yeah, and then you can buy the flavors and just make the shit yourself. Um, I had fire somewhere. There is one fire. But either way, because I I know a guy who used to uh, mix his oh, vape right up here. because he was tired of buying it, so we'd buy it in bulk. Yep, and he wouldn't add any flavors. He would just add nicotine and the, the juice. Yeah, I know. Well, he doesn't vape anymore. He was trying to get off, and that's one of the ways he was making himself do it. Making it gross. But the actual realistic middle ground, I think we should do, much like we should be doing with pharmaceutical drugs, uh, like they do in the UK, and make it illegal to advertise for these products. I don't think <laughs> just you should, as a whole. I think you should control what's in them. I think you should regulate what's in them and Essentially, the same thing that the state does with this stuff. Test it to make sure there's no pesticides and all this stuff. Make sure you know what you're getting into. Okay, you're going to get some nicotine. You're making this personal choice. Leave it up to people that want to do that. That is, I think, the one – sorry not to interview, but one of the good things about the executive order is that they will have to list every single ingredient – in whatever it is that you're buying, you know, whatever dab cartridge, whatever THC cartridge, whatever juice you're buying will have a list of exactly what is in it so that you'll know, you know. And I hate the fact that that doesn't exist now. Right. It's because on the, the weed. It's on the weed. I will tell you that right now. I was looking at this thing because it's yeah. got a cool palm leaf wrap on it. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And it's all pesticide free, all this good stuff. But I think that's probably a good middle ground. Make it illegal to advertise, you know, when was the last time you saw a cigarette commercial? Right. They don't do that anymore. You know, this is the same thing we should be doing with not pharmaceutical allowed to, drugs. Yeah. You're not allowed to advertise. You should not be allowed to advertise for an addictive substance. Yeah. A controlled substance or whatever. You know, just, it seems smart. Make it available for people that want to consume it legally. Done. And as far as the... The vape ban, right? When I was talking to the woman in the weed store today, the recreational store today, she was telling me that she, as far as she knew, it wasn't going to affect, like we said, THC cartridges that are cannabis-derived terpene-infused, right? Yeah. So this one is an Oregon diesel cartridge. So Oregon diesel is a strain of weed. So it's a distillate that they take their terpenes from Oregon diesel and they put it in the distillate to make it to make it delicious. <laughs> so this tastes like Oregon diesel if you were to just like eat the bud or like dab it or something like that's what this would taste like. So I like that the the natural terpenes. Yes. Because it just brings out more of like the natural flavor that's in it. And I think know? so I think if that's what's gonna happen, I think that we'll be okay, right? If you just can't buy apple, you know, flavored fucking mm -hmm. THC cards, I think we'll be okay, right? I, you know what's going to happen, though, What right? concerns me is if is if this affects all THC cartridges, right? You're going to force a black market in an area where there wasn't one before, and it's the black market THC cartridges that are killing people, right? Those are the things that are making people really sick and that are killing people, right? Sounds counterintuitive. It is, it is the... From what we can tell, right? I'm not a scientist. From the information that I have gathered, it, it is the liquid vitamin E acetate that is being mixed and cut into these black market dab cartridges that is making people sick. I'm going to tell you it's going to you blow your mind. I've I got a couple stories that I've gathered over the last you know few weeks and stuff. It's not just that. There's more to it. 
Did you listen to Meat Eater with uh, John? I'm gonna pull it up because I just remember like John heavy, Norris. No, it was like it's, heavy metals and shit in there. Yes, there's like he, bad shit. So this is a guy. He's a former game warden who started the tactical division or whatever, attacking um, you know illegal grow ups on public lands. This These dogs crazy. are barking, and I'm gonna kill him. Um, before I finish this thought, the. But what part of the problem is, is a lot of the illegal THC cartridges that we're getting are also manufactured illegally from illegal grow-ups who use insanely toxic pesticides. Yeah. And those are also coming in to those things, and they've, they're finding a couple of these cases. And the problem is, all these there's no single thing that's wrong with all these cases. Every one of them is a little different, and some of them... Just or nicotine, and maybe somebody's lying, and some of them aren't. That dog's going nuts. I'm going to kill him. Um, but I can go uh, if you want to. If you want to, I'll get it as soon as I finish my thought here. Yep. But I think that's what the major problem here is: is there's there's it's not just the vitamin E. So it's, much it's bad stuff. All the other bad stuff that's going yeah. on that is caused by the illegal black market. Yeah. So I read an article um, that I think was out of the Washington Post. Um, and they, I think it was in California, where they bought like 13 black market dab cartridges. <clears throat> and then they bought a couple in the store. And all of the ones that they bought on the street had this vitamin E acetate and the heavy metals and all this terrible stuff in it. But none of the ones that they purchased in the store had any of this stuff in it, right? And we talked in previous shows about reports in Oregon that one of the people that had died there had purchased a THC cartridge from one of the recreational stores there. When the police went to find that particular product, they couldn't find it in the store, right? So when I'm reading this article about testing on these different products, they have pictures of some of these black market cartridges, and they're in legitimate looking packaging that has logos and you know it looks like something you would buy in a store so again from what i can tell it it seems like they found a black market cartridge that looks like (laughs) that looks like it was bought in a store and so they thought it was purchased in a store but really it's black market so i think the big thing to take away from this is don't smoke anything you don't buy in a store right the cdc is telling people not to vape at all which i think is a safe thing you know if you're really concerned about it that's a safe way to go is to just not do it right why i stopped vaping if you're if you're concerned about it and you don't know what the deal is Mm -hmm. the safest thing to do is to stop vaping at all because no one knows Mm -hmm. what the actual deal is right because it's not they don't have proof for whatever reason there isn't proof that all thousand people who are sick have been using thc right so there is certainly an idea that most of them may be, but there is no way to prove that, right? And until then, we have to assume that there is something to the idea of vaping maybe making you sick. Whether those people are using black market juice as well, whatever the deal is, you know, something about this is making you sick, right? I don't think that it's using one jewel that's making people sick. I think it's when you're seeing videos of kids or people using five jewels at one time so they can blow these big ass clouds. That's going to make you sick, right? Kids when you're dumb. when you're inhaling so dumb. lungfuls of condensed vapor into your lungs and you have 2% oxygen in there mixed with all that other shit. Not you good. do that all day every day for months at a time. If you ask me, that might make you really fucking sick, and that wouldn't surprise me, right? So 
in my unprofessional opinion, right, after all these facts have been presented, our opinions are on the back end. I don't know for sure, but it seems that it makes sense to me that you might get sick if you're using a mod all the time and you're blowing these enormous clouds. If you're doing it heavy, you might get sick from that. That don't might be, be a stupid, thing, stupid. You know, that don't that just makes logical sense to me. It also makes logical sense to me that if you're buying shit on the street and you don't know what's in it, it might make you super sick, you know? It's the equivalent to me of dr- given a at a bar or a club Drinking a drink that somebody just hands you. <laughs> it's control over what you Someone put in you your body. Someone you don't know. I mean... You should trust your friends most of the time. Unless yeah. your friend is Ari Shafir. <laughs> That's <laughs> Sorry, Bert yeah. Kreischer. Um, but, I mean, realistically, I am totally 100% on board as somebody who enjoys the nicotine. I Just like I enjoy the alcohol, which is toxic. It is poison that I put in my body. It's really bad for you. It is not good for you. I make the personal choice to consume what I consume. And I know the risks inside of that realm. Yeah. I I don't know how to tackle this because there's so much to it. There's there's a cultural fad sense to it. There's the, like a, a youth audience aspect to it that just makes you cool. Just there's- use your brain. You know, it's just, I don't, if you're not... Totally, again, personal, maybe people think it's judgmental. It's, it's hard. If you're not smoking cigarettes, you probably shouldn't be vaping. You no. Know? Because the purpose of vaping, the whole idea of it was to help people quit smoking cigarettes, right? No. If you pick up a vape when you've never smoked cigarettes, you're defeating the purpose wholly of it, what it was designed to do, right? That's not to say you can't do it. And that's the problem with this vape ban is that... It takes away people's personal choice of their own choice that if you want to buy cigarettes and smoke cigarettes and fucking kill yourself, then you can do that. You know, there's nothing like we can't stop you from doing that. And it would be wrong for us to try and stop you from doing that. Right. And that's what's wrong about this vape ban is that it's taking people's personal choice out of their life from what they want to do. You know, Mm -hmm. if you want to fucking vape and maybe get sick and do whatever and, you know, whatever. That's on you. I don't care. That's none of my business. Yeah. You know, you want as, to smoke weed? Smoking weed's bad for you. You know what I'm saying? Because smoking you're anything is bad smoking. for you. Yep. It's it's bad. But we Mind do it you, all I the think time. the CBD aspect of this joint probably outweighs the negatives on this one. But like I said, it's it's all about that personal responsibility, and that might be the the little libertarian in me that yelling out loud that no, I want to. I know what I'm doing. I'm okay with this. I. I know how hard it is to quit nicotine addiction, to to break yourself from that nicotine addiction. It sucks. It is not fun. It's really hard. I know that when I do this, I I quit vaping. We might have talked about this on the pre-show a little bit. But I quit vaping not because of this action, because it's just time. I've been wanting to quit for a while. It's a crutch I don't like to have. This is just a good time. It's just a good time. I got some things coming up in the future that are going to necessitate me getting off of smoking any kind of product anyways and probably get me off of the nicotine train altogether. But I'm going to start by breaking the habit of the oral fixation with the... <laughs> yeah. Because the, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It's yeah. definitely a real thing. Just so I'm thing. starting with that, riding the nicotine train still, yeah. breaking the habit, the physical habit. And then I will deal with the two weeks of no sleep, angry at everyone, want to kill everything in sight, just pissed off at the world. And then I will tackle that then. I am Because I know that's my personal experience when I quit, when I quit nicotine. It's, I wake up 
six to eight times a night. Yeah. And it is a rough two weeks. But as soon as that two weeks is over, I feel great. I'm gravely concerned about the temperament of the community. Um, if I let it go out, my bad. That's all right. Here, I'm good. Um, I am gravely concerned about the temperament of the community if this is to go through because you're gonna have a bunch of people who don't want to use tobacco flavored shit and they're like super addicted to nicotine now, mm-hmm. and they're gonna be really upset when they can't use it anymore. Um, if they didn't, you know, buy some in advance to stock up or whatever, and they just run out, like, Dude, they're gonna be in a really bad mood, and there's gonna be a lot of people in a really bad mood. I'm telling you, what's gonna happen is a be lot of them. Violence, you know? are going to go back to cigarettes because you need or something. start smoking cigarettes i mean i think everybody should go to these uh i don't want to fucking do that whatever who cares the swedish made swedish you know american important swedish product called zin it's a nicotine pouch that you don't even have to spit because there's not a whole lot going on there but uh it works great handles the cravings but i will i just want to tell a little anecdotal story I work in the construction industry, right? Mm-hmm. So I deal with a lot of uh, crusty, salty, hard work and blue-collar Americans every day. Crusty dogs. That uh, you would assume chain smoke three packs a day or whatever the hell you do. Gross. And I go to a construction night site now, and I see clouds just rising. Clouds rising up because these For big the burly base. dudes are smoking or they're, they're vaping yeah. because they didn't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. And I don't fault them for that. I think that's a great thing. It's a ve- it's very interesting, and I'm curious to see because I will witness it firsthand if this ban goes into effect. If that's going to go back to cigarettes, and I think if I was a betting man, which I definitely am, I'm putting my money on everyone's going back to cigarettes again. I think they will. Or starting cigarettes. I don't think it's going to force people to quit. It no. might force a couple people to try to quit, and they're going to be like, I ain't never done this before. I'm not doing it again, because this is terrible. Yeah, not if you're mad addicted. Yeah. I mean, and it's, man, it's bad. I got to give the wife some heads up when it happens, because I am not a fun human being to, to be around during that two weeks. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but it's going to happen sometime. One of these days? Yeah, one of these days. Because I want to be clean for like three months before <laughs> we start doing the uh, the baby thing. Yeah. Which, uh, I hit my two-year employment history yesterday which means uh it's time to start looking at mortgages so, so what are you so what are you waiting for like what's oh i'm just the... trying to get about the garage yeah you know it, it's just too tight man speaking tight. as somebody who lives in an extremely small space you got a great space though it's like it's a but it's an extremely space. small space don't let that be a hindrance to what you're no. doing because, and not to get derailed, but you have this area here that's filled with all this shit. And mm-hmm. I guarantee you that when your wife has a baby in her, she's going to get rid of a bunch of that shit. You know? I don't know. She's kind of a reporter. I, I guarantee you <laughs> that she's going to get rid of a bunch of that shit. And we have been in the process you know. of uh, downsizing. Yeah. Because I'm tired of this. You know what's bad though is since I've gotten the honey thing. You've seen the rack off to your left. Yep. Um, maybe I'll throw a little clip in there, the podcast, right before it ends there. But uh, Rack, rack, rack. It's, uh, I mean, I've accumulated all that since <laughs> the beginning of the year. Yeah. And it, it's a lot. I mean, I got climbing harnesses. I've got hunting backpacks. I got hiking backpacks. I got my food supply. I got... I got way too much. I got my my cold weather gear, got my regular camo, my duck hunting camo. I mean, it's 
It's a lot of stuff, so I accumulate. You're a lot. so cool. I've just got way too much crap. Yeah, there's a lot of crap there, but I mean, it's all useful because it's hunting stuff, uh, and that's important. You got your freeze dried meals, but in it's a, bag. a thing, you know. We're we're looking at that. I'm 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 very close to the housing industry and the housing markets, and so yeah. I've got my eyes on a couple places. And now it's just it's time to start making that move. And I feel once you know it's it's really funny, um, in the the house search and all this stuff, there's a new factor to account for it used to be like okay well how many bedrooms how many bathrooms well i also either need a very nice detached garage or something like that or something that's got space to it because i need a studio space in my house yeah and then carolina is all open to the twitch thing and she's not want she's not going to want to let that go need as much as she can so space. i need at least an extra bedroom on a house or an extra house somewhere you where we can have crazy. a studio space you guys are crazy <laughs> and i mean we're looking at having in the you neighborhood between two to three kids, eventually, and I need a, I need a house that I can utilize with that in mind. So it's. I an am excited um, for you guys to be have miserable a, and have a baby. No, 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 no. <laughs> for you to have a kid, so that. Um, so I can call you at like two in the morning and be like, Donovan, I want to die. So that you can like, bro, that's totally have normal. a better understanding of the amount of time you think that you'll have. The I don't think I'm going to have you, any time. The two of you together. I know yeah. I don't have time now. And I, I recognize that that is a massive problem when baby time comes. Because if I don't think I have time now, I'm going to be net negative for time later. Yeah, and but hopefully, and even then, yeah, I will have a little bit of a difference there because getting to the point where I think single income will be a thing that we can work with, and so that will help a little bit. That's but at good the same because time, I know the what you guys <laughs> have gone through, and I know it's not like I'm like, oh yeah, no, no, that's that's it's totally cool. That's not going to happen. Whatever. And you're like, no, motherfucker, that's that's not the way it works. Yeah. Um, well, and that's good because I have time because Jordan doesn't have time. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the only reason that I have time to do things like this is she has a full time job because she's taking care of Dax while twenty four hours a day, things. seven days a week. So, which is something, yeah, Andrew Yang talks about, and I think Andrew Yang is doing something interesting. I think we're done with vaping, right? Yeah, we yeah. we've hit vaping. We can. Uh, uh, do you want a small segue between? Quick cop talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Andrew Yang thing is an interesting thing to to watch. There is a when it comes to social media and the internet, you'd you'd think he was the the leading candidate because <coughs> he has a stranglehold on social media. Slave. The Yang gang is out there doing work for this guy. Plus I get like four emails a day from them. What? That's and that is what the Yang Gang is all about. <laughs> the Yang up. Gang is just a term for his. I, I don't. I don't know what you call non traditional campaign office. I mean, this yeah. is people activating and becoming and, and like joining the campaign because he he owns the online space. Yeah, and you can, can you can have supporters in Cincinnati, in California, in Iowa, and all this stuff. And nobody has to go to meetings. They don't have to do this. It's all online. And he's doing a – he's in the next debate. Tulsi made the next debate, BD mm-hmm. Dubs, um, which – That's nice. It's that's like coming up weeks. soon, right? Yeah. yeah. 
I think it'll be the week that we record next. And Tulsi's suing Google. Really? Did you see that? For Over, like, her ads not being whatever? Yeah, it was something about her search res- search results being uh, downgraded or something like that. Because you remember Crowder there was, was like, this some, thing? And yeah, Crowder was, was on some shit like that, too, like, this last week that I was listening to. And he was like, you can go right now and try and type into Google Stephen Crowder. And, you know, the first ten things that come up won't even be a Stephen Crowder video. And so I did that. And the very first thing that comes up is fucking Steven Crowder videos. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm pulling up Google right now. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't, I searched in YouTube and the very first things that come up are Steven Crowder videos. So I don't know why that wouldn't be the case. Like, I don't, what do you mean? You know, what's, what's so fucked up with the things that you're watching that it skews you completely away from Steven Crowder? Because I don't watch him all the time, but I still have direct access to his videos. I don't algorithms stuff are. They affect different people different ways. Yeah. In, I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation altogether. The algorithm uh, blasts our fucking Instagram hard, bro. Yeah. You know, you can't put a conservative hashtag. We will say that. Fucking assholes, dude. You can't do that. Even if you're a not relative one. nobody. Yep, not one. You know? Because you'll get fucking blacklisted. And then as soon as I start, you know, we put hashtag progressive, hashtag liberal, hashtag, you know, green yep. new deal. You're getting, you're just getting mobbed with likes and whatever. Not even classical liberal. You can't even use classical liberal because that's like, that nope. doesn't count. That, you might as well be yep. a neo-Nazi at this yep. point. Um, so Houston, Texas. Dallas. Dallas. Damn it. That's all right. And I know my computer's. I don't know why I said Houston. Piece so, of shit. So it's restarting. So. Amber, where did it go? Amber Geiger. Amber Geiger. Yep. Um, a Dallas police officer, and this uh-huh. started two years ago, I believe, when this happened. Um, does it say? I feel like I saw it in uh, blah, 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 blah. maybe last year, nineteen years, and a 2018 slain of uh, there Bob you go, and Jean. 2018. So Amber Geiger, off-duty police officer, she worked a 13 and a half hour shift for the Dallas Police Department, I believe, and then comes home to what she believes is her apartment, which is actually the apartment of a man named Botham. Jean. And one floor too low. She claims in her testimony that she used her electronic key fob to get into the apartment, but then the door pushed open, and there's a man sitting on her couch, which is not really her couch, and he gets up. She claims that she goes in and she says, show me your hands, and he stands up and says, hey, 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 and so she shoots him. And he dies, and she provides limited life-saving measures, a little bit of CPR, doesn't use any first aid out of her backpack, Mm-mm. and he dies. So earlier this week, she's found guilty of murder and is sentenced to 10 years in prison, right? Yep. All kinds of split reactions to this. There are people who are happy that she's someone is finally found guilty for slaying someone, you know, a black person who is innocent, who has done nothing wrong, who has died at the hands of police. There are some people who don't think that 10 years is long enough. There is a lot of weird stuff about this case. Like I said, she worked 13 and a half hours. She was yeah. also having an affair, like with her partner who was married. And, you know, there's like concern about, how long I'm still doing research on this, but there's like concern about how long the case took and just how it happened, like as far as the research. And I saw some quotes from the lead to from the lead detective who said that he didn't think that she was guilty of murder or manslaughter or even like a negligent killing at all that she did, you know. And her defense attorney said argued that she did what any reasonable person would have done in that moment, you know. So 
after she sentenced to 10 years, Botham Jean's brother, um, he stands up, he delivers a tear-jerking testimony, you know, about how he he forgives Amber Geiger and he just wants her to be happy and go forward with God. Uh, the judge then, and I don't, I don't have her name because my computer is restarting. Um, the judge also then gives her a hug and also hands her a Bible. Yeah. So the judge has found herself in a whole heap of trouble. Can't be doing um, that as judge, man. Yes, because as a she's, human, good to go. Yes. As judge, no bueno. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, it was just like a very human moment and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, also, she's wearing the robe and she's in the courtroom and you can't be handing out Bibles when you are acting as judge the same way that, uh, what was that guy's name in Alabama who was running for Senate? What's what's his name? Roy Moore. Roy Moore. Roy Moore, right? He ran Tammy into, Kemp. Judge Kent. There you Tammy go. Kemp. So Roy Moore ran into that deal because he was hanging up like posters of the Ten Commandments in his courtroom and stuff like that. Can't be doing that, bro. Can't do that. Separation church and state. Church and state. You can't do that, right? So, <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of different ideas about what's going on with this case. There's the toxicology reports came back negative. She was not, uh, you know, under the influence of any type of drugs. Um, the Ballistics pattern inside of Botham Jean's body indicates that he was either getting up or crouched to the ground when he was shot. So the idea that he was coming after her is nullified by the science by the science behind the the entry wounds, right? Yeah. Um, she also chose not to use her less than lethal force, you know, her taser, her mace, chose not to do anything like this. Um, again, she had first aid in her backpack and chose not to use the first aid kits. Um, is that it? Do you want me to move it farther away? No, you're good. Um, oh, the dog, test is, experiment. the dog is chewing on a rubber toy. Um, oh. That's... Yeah, so that's probably what yeah, you're hearing. Right. Um, I'll get in post. So she wasn't under the influence of any drugs. Um... She says that she only provided limited CPR because she only had one hand because she was on the phone with 911 on the other hand. Um, she had been a police officer for four years at the time that this happened, has been subsequently fired, obviously, as the investigation happened. Um, I believe that those are all the pertinent facts I think as so. far as the case. Um because there's, if there's, a, there's anything else that comes up, you know, we'll talk I've about heard it. different uh, things about, you know, her having racist past and all this some, stuff. Some, yeah, some text messages yeah. that she had that were she that were put into evidence um, mm-hmm. during the. And I'm not trying to give credit because, and when we talk about more opinion, we'll you'll understand why. But oh, I can't wait I, for the opinion. Portion. I know that when we started this, I had to go back and scrub a bunch of shit from my social media where I had said nigga a bunch of times and all this stuff because you know just because I was like whatever you yeah. know and and so I had to go and change because you were that a cool stuff. kid. So, right. So I'm not yeah. making an excuse for it because it's still not something that I should have done. It's not something that she should have done. But I know that. Without having read the text messages, so I don't know the context, I can't provide context, I don't know, you know, what she said, because if she's dropping hard R's, then that's really hard to get around, you know, but uh, whatever, so I'm not even going to get too deep into that, right, but... There's also two women, I believe, who live in the building who said that they heard her knocking on the door and requesting to be let in, Um, there's, like I said, a lot of discrepancy um, about her testimony and there, what other people is. are claiming happened as far as especially the lawyer for the Jean family. Um, 
the break of the break of the jury, I believe the majority of the jury was African American, so that wipes out like you know a racial tinge as far as the jury is considered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Botham Jean was not any type of gang member; he was an upstanding member of society. Like someone said that he was like the perfect victim for for the for this cop to finally be found guilty right there's no way yeah. to paint this man as anything other than an upstanding member of society as yeah, happens it was in so many other church cases goer and all this yep. stuff and like but like for real for real not like a politician right. going to church like this is right. a dude this is just a, a good dude a good dude and i don't i am torn between this this whole thing because if I'm going to lay out my opinion, which I'm going to do right now. First, they also tried, oh. her defense attorney also tried to use the Castle Doctrine as a defense. And if you oh, don't know yeah. what the Castle Doctrine is, that's like she a, thought it was her place. It's like a stand oh. your ground type of deal where if you're in your house and someone comes in, you have the right to shoot them. You know, that's like what that is. So they tried to use <laughs> the Castle Doctrine as a defense. Like, bitch, it's not your house. Nope. You're not even in your house. You're in his house. You walked into his house. He has more of a right to shoot you than you do to shoot him. Absolutely. And he's dead. 26-year-old dead in his apartment. Yep. Anyway, so I think, like I said, I think that's the last bit of pertinent facts. If there's anything else that comes up, I'll think about it and I'll, and I'll mention it. But I think we can move into a little more like the opinion talk about it. Right? So, so yeah, the jurors rejected the sudden passion defense, which would have lowered the sentencing range to two to 20 years. Because she was facing yeah. 28. She was facing 28 years, I think. And there was mm-hmm. a couple of the jury that was like, oh, I just couldn't. You know, she seemed like she was genuinely remorseful. And I just couldn't yeah, get her was, 28 years. Their range you know? was between five to 99 years. Because the, the, the major conversation about the actual terms in which she was sentenced was the difference between manslaughter and murder. And she right. was found guilty of murder, not manslaughter. So which it wasn't is like accidental. accidental. Right. There's no negligent, you know, whatever. It was she, mm-hmm. and she admitted in her testimony, she intended to kill that man because she says she thought he was an intruder in her home, but either way, he died with her intent to kill him, right? Yep. So and that that's changed what, it to murder. And that's what matters. Yeah. And I think that's as highly as justified. For- that is highly justified. The this murder was charge, you mean? murder. Yeah. 100%. This was not manslaughter. She didn't accidentally she run over him. somebody. She murked this dude yep. who she thought was in her apartment, which I have thoughts on. Now, my opinion is that yeah. I work a shit ton. Yeah. And I have a very stressful job that yeah. is very taxing on both body and mind. When I leave work at the end of the day, I am not real good at shaking off the day's nonsense. It it follows me home. It I if I You're have a, a bad day guy. at work, I have a bad night. It's just it's something I'm working on. I'm gonna see a, ther- I'm gonna see a therapist. It's gonna be fine. But I understand what it's like to do this. But I am also an individual who is obsessed with knowing what is around me. It bothers me to no end when somebody's standing in a place they should not be standing, stopping to talk to somebody, and doesn't know that there's somebody coming by and they are in their fucking way. Situational awareness is something I feel everybody needs. We've talked about it in, say, like shooter situations and stuff like this. Me and you both have kind of this good problem. That you always want to have an escape route. You always want to know what's going on around you. 
And I think everybody should have that mentality. And so when I work 13 hours a day, five days a week, and I am fucking exhausted at the end of the day, I am, as soon as I hit the road, I'm, my head is still on a swivel. I'm watching everybody around me. I'm watching all the dumbass people driving like dumbasses, like all the stuff, but I'm still focused. And you're not a cop. And I'm not a cop. So, which is different. You would imagine, right? Because everybody's is different. But I hold. But you would, what my point in saying that is you would imagine that as a police officer, you would be more in tune to your surroundings. You would hope. As is your training. See, I would think when you say that, that they have a more arduous job than I do, more taxing. Uh, And so they deal with, you know, both. But that wasn't my point. But certainly I would say that is a correct, but that was. That's interesting how I assume something that you did not mean. (laughs) Um, which is a problem that I have with a lot of things that I'm working on too. But I do not have any pity towards this woman going home after an extra long shift. I mean, fuck, man. I've worked 20-hour days in the Coast Guard and then had to leave and go home, right? That was not an abnormal thing. But I'm still highly aware of what's always going on around me. And if you are not... Sorry, that's that cold part. You're good, bro. But if you're not capable of being highly aware to your surroundings, you should not be in that fucking job to begin with. You should not be a police officer. And we've talked at great length before about how police officer is a very intense job that I don't think a lot of people are really built to handle. And I think this is a case of this. But I, there's no... I feel... what The point I'm trying to get at is I think 10 years is a light sentence. The way I think it all went down is she had a, a long, hard day at work. She'd probably been pulling OT all week. It's a thing that Americans do because we have a work problem. and Especially police officers. Police officers work a lot of overtime. That's, they do. seems pretty consistent. Law enforcement in general. And I'll tell you why. It's because they're officers. highly underfunded and understaffed. Yeah. Which is a different conversation. But Not on my watch. But I don't I'm have just kidding. any... I'm not for I don't have any remorse to her working a... A hell of a long day and not paying enough attention to realize you're on the wrong fucking floor. I've done this before, like in hotels and shit. And not even if I've been out like binge drinking, like I usually would at a hotel. You just, you just get off on the wrong floor and you walk around and everything is identical. It's a giant apartment building. I assume it's relatively similar but so you could easily do that. Multiple signs. But you see that shit. Yeah. And it drives me insane. You know, I don't, I think this was a 100% sheer accident. I don't think there's any malice to this whatsoever. But on the other hand, any normal person needs to be better than that. You need to understand where you're at. And she fails at that. And unfortunately, I think it's that's a bigger problem societally than anything else. But it's... I don't have any remorse towards her. This is a man who Words. should not have died that was murdered in his home. 26-year-old. Man. And I think, I don't know, man, because it's hard. 10 years is a long time. Her life's over, right? Her life actually she might even, is over. She might only do half that time. She might not even do 10 years. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You know what I'm saying? If she gets, if she's good the whole time and she gets a bunch of time taken off for good behavior, she might only do five, six, seven years. This is so good, by the way. It is. Something about that leaf, I think, for, is adding something yeah. floral to it. For for murder. For murdering somebody. Murder. You know, she stands to ju- to possibly do less than 10 years for murdering somebody. If she accidentally, which I feel this is 100% accidental, she's an idiot who should not have a gun because she obviously is not capable of owning one and being responsible with it. 
10 years, a solid 10 years, not early release, whatever. If she was early release at 10 years, I'm like, okay, I get it. Accident happens. I understand. You can never put a value on a human life. And there is no way that that family of Gene. Botham Gene. Botham Gene, right. But as far as her guilt is concerned, I feel like a 10-year lockup is probably enough to teach her a lesson to keep, to pay attention to everything. I don't feel like she is a a bad person in society or anything like that. Maybe after 10 years of serving time in a federal prison where things are a hell of a lot worse and is a total nightmare to be in is enough punishment for that so that she can go back out as the prison system, prison system is supposed to do, rehabilitate you back into society. Because I think this would probably be a textbook case of a murder, an accidental murder. Somebody goes to jail for a long time, learns their lesson, and is a good, upstanding citizen after that. Yeah. I think there's a high <clears throat> probability of that working out. So this is where I'm at, right? But fuck, man. if She needs to do at least 10 years. So this is where I'm at. I agree. I don't shoot somebody. I don't think the ten years is long enough. Um, I think that it's super suspicious um, that just the circumstances of this, right? I agree that, that I don't think that. I went back to the wide mouth, wide mouth knowledge, and that's the problem. If I think if you don't have the ability to communicate with nine one one and effectively provide CPR to somebody, you shouldn't be a public servant. You shouldn't be a police officer. If you're not able to have the clarity of mind in a high-stress situation in which someone is dying in front of you to effectively communicate what has happened and also do your best to save that person's life, you shouldn't be a police officer. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate, however it happens, that that isn't found out before she takes someone's life that she shouldn't be a cop. You know, that she's able to serve on the force for four years before, you know, and how whatever happens while she's on the force, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. But she's see, able to serve. Thing. I think that's a conversation that needs to be had also. And we've talked about that before. Who gets to be a police officer? We need to tighten down that shit hard. Yeah. Hard. Because this is what a normal person, what I would have done. Because this is. It's subjective. This is what I would have done in that situation. I open the door to my apartment. There is somebody in my fucking apartment. The f- very first thing I do, back the fuck out, slam that door, and run the fuck down the hallway calling yep. 911. That's exactly what I would do. I'd stand there maybe in the hallway. If I had a gun on me, I would stand if outside the hallway. If you happen to be a concealed just, carry just member. There. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to stand there, and I'm going to wait. I'm gonna wait for the cops to show up. They're gonna be here in like three, four minutes. If this, yeah. if this dude is in so my apartment so illegitimately, he's either gonna come out and he's gonna make his intentions known and things are gonna happen and I'm gonna have him at gunpoint and he's gonna be on the ground, or this dude is gonna be terrified. He's gonna go in there, lock the fuck doors, and just hide out. Yeah, and probably call the cops himself. My first instinct certainly the situation is not. Is resolved. My first instinct certainly is not to shoot a man unless unless this person is is actively aggressive upon my entrance into my home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If they're actively brandishing a firearm pointed at me. I'm much more likely to shoot you when I come into my home. But if you're sitting on my couch eating ice cream when I walk yeah. in, I'm much less likely to shoot you without asking any questions at all. You and know? I'm probably gonna. And I can. I can only if you're somebody. If maybe you're a friend of mine that's 
broke into my house because I forgot to lock my door and it crashing on my pad or whatever. I mean, there's so many other circumstances that I would jump to first other than this person's going to try to kill me. And we can only, you know, speak. We obviously were not in that position. No. Um, but f- thank God from being, you know, just trying to think about it the best that we can. I don't again, my first instinct, especially as someone who who conceal carries a pistol every day who would have a pistol on him upon entering his home at the end of the day. I, my first instinct is not to shoot you. Certainly my first instinct is to draw my weapon, but it's not to shoot you immediately without asking any questions about what's going on. You know, no. I don't, that's, that's stupid. That seems, and, it, and I'm again, I'm not a cop, you know, I'm not a police officer. No, you're a responsible so gun owner. It, it seems strange to me that someone whose job it is to enforce the law and to carry a pistol on a daily basis, her first instinct was to shoot this person instead of try and do something else. You know, yeah, when my first instinct is not to, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I don't know what it's like to be a lady cop. I don't, I, I don't know any of that, right? I can only speak from being who I am, but. Oh my God. This, if this is not a sign. That the fucking internet is watching you. I pulled up the the notes for our our Trump timeline, and my my computer's stroking out right now, which is some re- for weird for some reason. But there is an ad for the Fuzz Duster by Elysian Brewing, which is Elysian Space Dust and Super Fuzz Space Blood Space Blood because it's a better name, and that's what we're su- fucking sitting here drinking. And we didn't even call it that. No, I'm there. You go. I'm like really skeeved out right now. <laughs> This is not okay. My computer screen just went black. Oh, but it's That's still right. recording, so I don't care. That's all right. I got to go pee. Um, so in between this topic and the next, I'd like to take a little break, or you can, you know, you can start running through a timeline if you want. That's fine because the timeline's kind of mm-hmm. extensive. I don't know. The one I have starts it's at you know, extensive. fucking like March 2014. So um, yeah, I got one February 22nd, yeah, 2014. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't. I didn't write down everything on this timeline. I wrote down kind of some important stuff that yeah. I felt. And then there at a certain much. point, I have, you know. Because I got the Washington Post timeline that you sent me. Yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. So why don't, yeah, between, I mean, what else you got on the lady cop killer? I think that that's it. You know, I don't, I I think that, she, I don't think the 10 years is long enough. I think, and this is, I'm, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time. Which you should. You know. That I, I am the last person to immediately assume some type of racial injustice in a situation. That's just not where my mind goes to immediately, mm-hmm. right? Any type of systemic racism, any of that. I'm last, that's the last place, right? But this is, this is weird. You know, this is, this ticks that alarm for me that I'm like, this is some, this is backwards, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel, even with the Castle Doctrine, even with all this shit, right? If Botham Jean had taken the life of this police officer upon entering his home, I think he would have gotten more than 10 years. Oh, in that situation. You know what I'm saying? I think that if, if, if the roles reversed, not even reversed, if Botham Jean just has a gun, if he's sitting there cleaning his pistols, one of them sitting there and he's cleaning the other one, and she comes into his home and he shoots her and she dies, I think he does more than 10 years for killing a cop in Dallas, Texas. That's what I think. Even with Castle Doctrine, even being in Texas, I think Botham Jean does more than 10 years, even being an upstanding church-going accountant in Dallas, Texas, eating fucking ice cream, cleaning his pistols. I I think he does more than 10 years if he kills that woman in his home. I refuse to believe that, because if I do believe that, 
I'm dipping into nihilism. I can't I can't go there because I don't I don't want to assume that the system is that bad. And I understand it's bad. And I think if it was him in her position shooting her, I think he's going to help getting a hell of a lot more time, but something about that he's in his apartment and kills a white lady cop because she intruded. I don't think that would go. And I I'm, don't know. I'm man. not saying that know. it's. I would hope not. I'm not saying not. he would do time just because she's a white lady cop, right? <laughs> I think that those are factors that play into it. But I think mm-hmm. that if this guy shot a cop that came into his house, I think he would do more than 10 years. I think that. I truly. I and don't I'm want telling to. you, as. As you know me, you've known me for a long mm-hmm. time. You know when I talk to Makai, anybody who's trying to talk to me about systemic racism, I always use Makai as an example and I feel terrible about it. But that's like the one person who's been on here that I've yeah. talked to in depthly about it. But I've had the conversation with many other people, right? That it's, that's the last place that my mind goes, right? And it, I just, 10 years, I, I, I'm not a juror. So I wasn't there for the trial. I don't know, you know, they were and talking about that she seemed genuinely remorseful. They didn't feel like 20, they thought 28 years was too much. I just, I don't know. That seems backwards as fuck to me. That seems really weird to me. Yeah. And I, I think that, I'm telling you, I think I, that if he shot her, I think he'd do more than 10 years. I'm not yeah. saying he he wouldn't get the death sentence. I don't think that he'd, you know, do life in prison, but I think that he would do a I think he'd do more time. This was a black judge, by the way. Yep. And this I I don't know, man. I would really hope not, but God I don't think that you're wrong. Yeah. I just don't want to believe you. And think thankfully we don't have to go there this time because yeah. that's not how it went down. Just hopefully she does all 10 years, you know? I just hope that she does all 10 years. Um, yeah. And at the end, she does try and do something better with her life. I think that that's... She won't, though. She super, won't. super horrible. Um, as far as time goes, I that, mean, she'll get off early. Yeah. I think it's terrible that this happened. I yeah. and, and something you can tell from the like the judge's reaction and just everyone's reaction with this trial, like who was involved and the you know the brother that that held her and basically, you know, really just forgave her in the biblical sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there there was some some things going on in that courtroom that probably shouldn't have been there. Emotions, Super inappropriate. Yes, yeah. emotions don't belong there. But it God, it makes you just. There's something. If you want your your faith in humanity restored, watch Botham Jean's brother speak to Amber Geiger right. into the court, right? Because like I, the injustice of yeah, this one thing, I but certainly, like the humanity shown. I want to commend. I, and do you have his name there? My computer's fucked. Um, uh, but I I want to commend Botham Jean's brother for for having the wherewithal to be able to forgive her and to move on and just be so understanding of the situation just gene's brother um i i think that's incredible right i don't i don't know that i personally um am that strong so i think that that's really I don't amazing think i would be um that he let me just that. look at that picture bro Botham Jean, Jean, brother brant gene brant gene yep there you go. um and you know he gave her a hug and just told her that he forgived her you know and that he just wanted her to have a good life and to go with god and I, that's that awesome, a, you know, that's a strong, it's incredible, strong human being. Goodbye, yeah. Amber Geiger. 
But uh, I, what else was I gonna say? There was there was something else. There was one last thing. Oh, it the also bothers him? me for some reason that he was only twenty six. Right, not Young. that it, not that it's any better that like a seventy year old gets murdered in their apartment because I think that that's murder is murder, you know. But by the numbers, but, he had much more life. But to live. for some reason, you know, because he's twenty six, I'm like, you fucking ended his life at like a third of what it should have been. You Prime know? years too, and. He's he's a, being a county. He's making money. He's balling out. He's working all the time. I I am for some reason, and I'm I'm not sure exactly what it is, you know. And I that's part of why I wanted to talk to you about this because I want to try and figure out why I feel this way, right? I don't know if it's because I'm young. I don't know if it's because I have a kid. I don't know what it is that makes me feel like him being young makes it especially fucked up. And I that's part of why I feel like she should get more time. This guy was 26 years old. Mm-hmm. He murdered him in his apartment. His life is done. Whatever difference he that, was going to make had the uh, had the possibility to make it's over. Yep. It's done, you know? I could have been the next Elon Musk. You know what I'm saying? So But there's I'm, no way to factor that. There just there's no way. There isn't, you know? But and it I'm, hurts. Even I know more. that that's an emotional reaction. And so I so know Why do that, people get more emotionally yep. torn up by Sandy Hook over you know, oh my Vegas god! Shooting. Do you want to know something fucked up? Please. So we can end this. I topic. brought up Sandy. I brought up Sandy Hook and mass <sighs> shootings, and now I'm going to hear something fucked up. This it's is going to be icing on the cake. Horrible. So in our two weeks off, right? Yep. I. Oh, it's horrible. I. <laughs> I got lost deep down a Sandy Hook rabbit hole. Right. Oh god. Deep. Right. So. That's and that's, I'm not. I'm it's not. It's been how many? You're not supposed to go down that rabbit hole, man. <laughs> so I don't by any means. There think, lies I, darkness. I, right. So I've not like changed my opinion. I don't think that it's a false flag or anything like that. But, but, I, but <laughs> no, no. I, I, I know. I watched. I watched a documentary that was like three hours long. Oh that, boy. That was called "We Need to Talk About Sandy Hook." Did. This documentary occur on Netflix? No. Or YouTube? It was. It was <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was from like international. I still have the thing on my. Uh, but it was on the internet, not a it, legitimate streaming service. Yeah, yeah, it was on the internet. Yeah, that um, can get dark. <laughs> so I heard about it from a conspiracy website. It's, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Is this, it's, it's like the opposite of a spoiler alert. Yeah, it's, it's like, bad. all right, guys, um, don't listen to any of this. Yeah, it's done by like International Journalist United or some fucking shit. Because like that, that sounds legitimate. Um, yeah. That's so, the problem. They're yeah. trying to sound too legit. Yeah. So I watched all of these are different segments, right? And so these oh my are gosh. independent media solidarity. So <laughs> that sounds like a cult. So this it's it is two hours forty six minutes long, right? Ooh. So I watched this on a Sunday while I was at work. And so <laughs> so I'm watching this, right? And it's done by different YouTube bloggers but all of their faces are blacked out right so of course so it's all anonymous and they're identified by their youtube handles i didn't look any of them up before i came here because i'm a fucking idiot right no no but i don't want you going down (laughs) just to see if they're real i mean good lord 
So I, you know, watched a bunch of this stuff. And as I'm like going through it, I'm like, well, that's bullshit. I know that because I looked it up. That's bullshit. I know that because I looked it up. That's bullshit because I know that I looked it up. There were some things that I didn't even understand why they were mentioning at all. I'm like, this bears no relevance to any argument at all. That you're just like, this is fucking suspicious as fuck. And it's, it's like, like it's but like of when what? you're watching like a, a 9-11 documentary and somebody's like, and by the way, the moon landing was real, but we're not talking about that yeah. right now. So uh, the least I can, the most I can say is that the documentary was interesting to watch, right? Okay. This movie, I don't even want to call it a documentary. This movie was <laughs> interesting to watch, right? Because if if you have done some or even ex- extensive or even some research on Sandy Hook and the conspiracies behind it. It's pretty easy to like debunk, you yeah. know? Um, and like there's the old government actors and, and there's like people, you know, they're like these websites were set up, you know, like the day before and all this stuff. And like, you're, I, I know just from us hosting a podcast that servers register at weird fucking times that we're getting listens from two days ago that are registering now that just because yeah. an IP address says a certain thing does not dictate the day that it is there, you know, no. that it was posted. So that's all why, this shit about, VPN. yeah, all that shit is just. That's dumb, right? And then there's people like, oh, you know, he was supposed to do it with like this AR, but then they found like the AR in his car, right? (laughs) So I heard back and forth, back and forth people, oh, that's the shock and it's an AR. It's a shock and it's an AR. So I just finally looked at the video, right? So you look at the video of the cops pulling the gun out of the back of his car and it's pretty visibly a shotgun, right? And they fucking, they don't rack it like this, right? Not like pump action. It almost looks like there's like a little tab on the on like the chamber cover that you can pull back to eject the cartridge, yeah, and they turn it over. Shotgun. Yeah, so they turn it over and just pull this, and the the shell that falls out of it lobs out. It doesn't. It's not a brass casing. It's a green fucking or a gray shell that like thunk <clears throat> falls out into the trunk. Like a shotgun shell. Yes. Okay. It's it is if you have even the slightest knowledge about guns don't make me bring out my ammo you would know that it's not a that it's not oh it's not a two two it's not a two two three it's not a five five six it's not that are saying oh it's an ar this is the gun that he supposedly did the shooting with and he killed himself in the school how could he kill himself in the school with ar if it's in his trunk Mm -hmm. but it's not in his trunk because it's a fucking shotgun and like so you can tell just when they unload it the way that the the casing falls out it's it's not an ar it's not a brass casing it's yeah it's not any type of rifle round it's a shotgun shell you can tell even the most basic no just a shotgun shell that's funny yeah so there's all you know it's it's It's, crazy people are talking about kids being fake and you know ties with democratic parties and this person you know had a job here and this person was an activist in this country and it it's wild, dude. And there, you know, there's like one thing where they're talking about people's houses being on Zillow for one dollar. Like they, they, their mortgage was one dollar. And in one of these many conspiracy podcasts I listened to, apparently a shitload of people in the town of Newtown, because of somehow something that happened with 
the bank and their mortgages, it looked like it was one dollar. But if you go to the bank, you, you can look in the files and see like that their mortgage Zillow. is. Yeah, it's just somehow the way that it registered, it was for one dollar. But they Zillow didn't pay. But they didn't it. pay one dollar for their home. They no. paid several hundred thousand dollars for it. I got so, a contact yeah. Zillow, by the way. So there's people saying, you know, that yeah. oh well, they, you know, these people came here and lied about their kids dying and then they got a house for one dollar it's like no. well no yeah. motherfucker lots of shit like that you they are just ass. like come on dog especially like, in my realm this? of business i can tell you right now no no yeah. a thousand times no yeah it's so well, like it was at the very least at the, at, at the most interesting to watch but yeah. there is no validity to the arguments presented here it's like i listened to alex jones on the joe rogan podcast yeah i know when he's talking about interdimensional vampire pedophiles yeah this is just purely entertainment for me man this is just and and that's what conspiracy theories should be they should be 100 entertainment the big breaker for me is like there wasn't any federal gun legislation passed in the wake of sandy hook you know, like they tried to get like universal background checks and shit like that through and were unable to get that passed. So this false flag in order to take people's guns resulted in zero federal legislation that actually effectively got passed. Which so, is probably more an argument towards the idea that it is a conspiracy because the government steals <laughs> everything they try to do. So, And I'm just like, if someone believes that San Diego is a conspiracy, they probably think 9-11 is a conspiracy, right? But at least in 9-11, you got the Patriot Act afterwards. You got all these wars in the Middle East. Like, there's there was something that you can at least be like, look at fucking what came of this, you know? But like nothing... People talk about it now that they're like, nothing got done after Sandy Hook. It's like, so then, so what? Like, so what conspiracy to, like, what? Gonna, I, like, come on now, dog. I can't. I just can't with those people, man. It's a weird I deal. I just can't. Tell you, you're lost. You've lost down go the rabbit hole. It's horrible. So far and just get in there. I just, I don't, I don't get it whatsoever. So I'm glad that you got to watch that. <laughs> It was bad. Yeah. And I, so, you know, feel comfortable knowing that I wasn't convinced that Sandy Hook is a conspiracy. Uh, Thank God. That it was a false flag. But. I'd be highly worried if you started to buy into that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. With your background, I'd be highly worried about uh, just the state of the world altogether at that yeah. point. The day Don believes in conspiracy theories is the day I, <laughs> that's the day I become an expat. I'm moving to Ecuador, bro. I am the fuck out of this bitch. Yeah. So when you go pee, can you grab me your beer, Chacho? Yes. Um, because we're gonna talk about Trump. Yep. Next, and that's what we're gonna do. And so I'm just Random gonna talk beer? generally about. What'd you say? Random beer. Yeah, rando beer is fine. I'm good with. There's so much good stuff in there. Scavenger hunt beer is good. Oh. Can you pop top for yes. me? Thank you. So we're just going to try, I'm going to like touch on a couple things while you go pee, just a background or whatever. So this starts long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Trademark, George Lucas. So particularly what we're going to talk about here is the idea of the, the the impeachment inquiry starting into Donald Trump. Um, the main catalyst to this particular actual advantageous Nancy Pelosi getting up on stage and actually saying that they're going to fight, they're going to start the official 
impeachment inquiry, which I think is kind of a loaded term at this point, because if the Democrats haven't been inquiring to impeach Trump since the day he got in office, I don't know what technically would be at this point. The only difference here is we actually have less investigative investigative power than we did during, say, things like, I don't know if you remember the Mueller report. We talked about that for over a year here right on this podcast. So if you want any info on filling yourself in there, make sure to check those out. But the the major catalyst behind this whole thing was a phone call um, that started. I want to say it was the phone call. I might be... The problem is that there's so many different times that particular Democrats, and actually, let's rewind a little bit from here, because I want to say we're going to be using the terms Democrats and Republicans for a while while we talk about this, because in the political sense, there is only two parties. There is the Republican Party and the Democratic Party that have any sway. We have a two-party system. That's just the way it is. Whatever, it's a whole other conversation for libertarians and Green Party and all this good stuff. But the the real problem, I think, is going to come from a lot of the nomenclature we're going to use during this conversation, and that is the idea of Democrats and Republicans, because there is there has been from the day he was inaugurated, from the day he he actually got elected, there's been a seemingly consorted effort on the part of the Democratic Party to find any excuse, any and every excuse, I should say, to throw Trump out of office. And it's taken many forms. And that is a... It's taken many forms since we started, whether it was Russian interference, Putin, um, the, the Steele dossier... Um, the PP tape, which we alluded to, I highly suggest you go recommend, I recommend you go check out the pre-show because we talk about this hilarious article from Slate about the oh, Trump P tape getting released. Got Donovan all worked up right before the podcast. So I just wanted, before we really dive into it, to just prompt the fact that we're going to use the blanket terms, the umbrella terms, if you will, of Democrats and Republicans throughout this conversation. But that does not mean all Democrats does not mean all Republicans. It's the it's the overall party voice. How considerate that is of you being <clears throat> forward. I think that is a I think it's a small, simple idea that yeah. miss that most people miss. So have we started the timeline? Not even close. <laughs> okay. I got off on a tangent. So the timeline is uh rather Lengthy. Rather long, right? But we want to, in spirit of this show, provide you with the best context that we possibly can. And we're going to mispronounce a lot of Ukrainian Eastern European names, like Viktor Yanukovych. Yep. Who is the former president of Ukraine. There you go. So... Jesus. The first the thing that I have here. Oh God. The first thing that I have here is in March of 2014. Is that that's Hunter Biden getting his job at Verisma Holdings? Yes. Right. That's the first thing that I have here. Uh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, uh, procured employment at uh, a. Ukrainian energy company called Burisma Holdings in March of 2014. Right. Yep. In May of 2014, Petro Poroshenko 
is the president of the Ukraine. Indeed. Right? Uh, in February of 2014, Victor Shokin becomes prosecutor general, right? Which is like yeah. the attorney general is like, you know, the February equivalent. 10th, 2015. There you go. May 25th, 2014, Petro Porovashenko yep. was elected president. Yep. And then February 2015, Victor Shokin, mm-hmm. prosecutor general. Next thing I have here, December 15th. Biden tells the Ukraine that they should fire Shokin for not doing his job, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of concern regarding Victor Shokin that he's not investigating corruption the way that he should, that he himself is involved in corruption, and there's just a lot of shadiness going on in the U- in the Ukrainian government, as goes on in many governments around the world. I right? think it's very important to note bef- prior to any of this happening, March 2014. Russia invades Crimea, and Word. which is a peninsula belonging to the Ukraine. Yep. And then annexes it and says, this is ours, bitches. And that's – it speaks to – part of the thing, before we get into this, I think is important to say, Ukraine is a very interesting place because they have more or less been dealing with the empirical, if you will, nature – of the Russian Federation, and they have a tendency to essentially take over governments yeah, to incorporate them into the Russian Federation in some format. Some people look into Putin as trying to rebuild the Soviet Union. And they're, they're, so th- this is a, a part of the world that is ripe with corruption and has been for a very, very long time. Yeah. And so it's important to note that this – Took place after the annexation of Russia, or by Russia of the of the of Crimea, which used to belong to Ukraine. I just want to add that before we no, go. No, I think that speaks to context. No, absolutely. Uh, so, like I said, de- December 2015, uh, Joe Biden's in the Ukraine and he tells the Ukrainian government that they need to fire Shokin because he's not doing his job or else they're going to lose these guaranteed loans they have to help fight the Russians in Crimea, yep. right? Which and is- he was not alone in this. This was backed by the international correct, community. Correct. Many world leaders are agreeing that Shokin needs to go, that he needs to not yep. be uh, in this position anymore. So, they're threatening to withdraw about a billion dollars and guaranteed loans that they stand to use to be able to use for their military efforts against Russia. Um, February 11th and 19th of 2016, Biden again tells the Ukrainian government that they need to get rid of Viktor Shokin. Uh, in March 2016, Viktor Shokin is finally ousted by the Ukrainian parliament, so he's no longer in that position. Uh, in May of 2016, Yuri Lutsenko, Becomes the new prosecutor general. Um, if I'm skipping anything that you think needs to be mentioned, just, you know, let me, let me know. Nope. Um, I read I think through it's this and say that when Biden went over there, he was speaking directly to Poroshenko. Yeah. The to the, the president the of the Ukraine, correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's right. I should probably specify that as opposed to just the Ukrainian government. He is speaking to Poroshenko, yeah. telling and them, it, and it was Shogun important to go. at the time. The idea was that we were as a nation trying to, just to get Ukraine in line enough to make sure that the U.S. and the international community could back them as an ally and support them against Russia. Yeah. And that's what the whole purpose behind this was for. It wasn't just 
randomly Biden's going over there. Right, right. Because his son's over there. It had nothing to do with that. No, no, absolutely. That's And that's what we're talking about, that this this opinion is in line with many other world leaders. It's in line with uh, with the general foreign relations strategy that's um, with the general foreign relations strategy of the United States and the Obama administration at the time, that that's there is nothing untold or strange about Joe Biden using this rhetoric and expecting these things, and also using that one billion dollars as a you know as a, almost a little bit of blackmail to ensure that this happens to make sure that's something that's in the best. Best interest of the world community, right? Geopolitics. For, Good for geopolitics. Yeah, for this to happen, right? Um, we want more allies in the former Soviet Union than uh, adversaries. Yeah. Um, and so it's important also to know, just in the interest of full disclosure, that at this time, uh, while all this is going on, Victor Shokin is investigating Burisma Holdings yep. while Hunter Biden is working there. So he's and already there. So there are... There are people who are arguing that Joe Biden is doing what Donald Trump is now being accused of doing, and we'll get into that later. But yep. but by holding this money over the head of the Ukrainians to try and save his son from being investigated, yeah. many people are arguing that. There and does we're going to touch on that yeah, once we power through the as, timeline. As of now, there does not seem to be any indication that that is the case, right? Mm-hmm. As as we said, if nothing else, because it is directly in line with the foreign relations policy of, yeah, of, of everyone. That's what everyone wanted at the time. It was yeah. in the best interest of everyone in the world. So after Yuri Lutsenko is the new prosecutor general in May of 2016, in January of 2017, the investigations into Brisma Holdings are ended, minus one oil sale of like a, an oil derrick or an oil processing plant or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, it is after this in June of 2017 that Rudy Giuliani goes and meets with Poroshenko and Lutsenko, right? The president and the prosecutor general in the Ukraine. And it is assumed, and I believe proven at this time, that he began to have discussions with them about trying to investigate these really backwards ideas that him and the president have on Ukrainian involvement in the 2016 election and Hillary yeah. Clinton and hiding servers and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and just corruption that they're there trying to, you know, it may not get Sandy Hook deep, but it gets deep. Yes. Um, <clears throat> And so, after that, in May of 2018, the Ukrainian officials stop assisting the Mueller investigation. After, obviously, the Mueller investigation mm-hmm. starts happening. There's all this stuff that's going on in America in 2017, 2018. Um, and during this time, the Ukrainian officials were working with the Mueller investigation to try, you know, get them whatever information they needed regarding whatever. Um, and it's at this time that the Ukrainian officials stop assisting with the Mueller investigation in an attempt to preserve relationships with President Trump, right? Which... It's reported that way. Yes, which places, may or may I not feel like be it's the subjective. case. Um, certainly, certainly, yeah. this and this. It is important. Of this timeline that we base this off of is comprehensive, but it is also from the. It's also from the Washington Post, right? Yeah. So it's reported with a certain tinge, um, but it is an extre- extremely comprehensive timeline, and that's why we chose to use this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, it is assumed by many that they're doing this in an attempt to preserve relationships with President Trump because, again, it's this same argument that's saying that Rudy Giuliani is there uh, in the Ukraine visiting and working with the president mm-hmm. and the inspector general or the prosecutor general to try and get these investigations going on, yeah. right? And I will say in geopolitical terms, 
that is not out of the ordinary. It makes sense. You want to be on the side of America, as a, especially a small country under siege, essentially from a you know a foreign adversary who needs military assistance. If you need yeah. military assistance, America's the place to go. That's right. We got um, it all, baby. We got yeah. all the guns and the missiles and the bombs and the jets and the ships and everything. Yeah. Uh, in March of 2018, there is an election that's going on in the Ukrainian government to see for for the new president. There's a new presidential election that's going on. At this time, Lutsenko, the current prosecutor general, knows that if Poroshenko does not win the election, then he's going to lose his job, right? He will yeah. not hold the position anymore. And it's at this time Lutsenko begins to make allegations about Joe Biden um, and <clears> – <throat> You know, corruption in, in the Ukra- in the Ukrainian government and withholding the money and 2016 election and involvement. You know, this is where some of the story starts to come out from there about Ukrainian involvement in the 2016 election mm-hmm. servers. Weird shit, right? Um, it's up until this point. We were talking about Russia. Right, right. And it's at this point that that story starts to come out. And, and it's important to know that these are the same beliefs that President Trump and Rudy Giuliani hold mm-hmm. that – Hillary Clinton had her email server in the Ukraine and all these DNC emails went there and all her emails went there. And, you know, it, it, all this shit that there is absolutely no evidence, excuse me, to support any of this. Just right? couldn't let it go. It is all totally baseless. They're no, not based in fact at all. It, it's, it's, the it's crazy. James um, Rison from <clears throat> The Intercept actually wrote about this back in 20... He started the story back in 2015 yeah. when Biden first started to go over there and Hunter got on the board and all the shit. Because he was Biden, trying to talk son. about... Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, the same liver spots and everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was terrible. He looks just um, like him. But what I'm, I'm saying here is, you know, this guy wrote this piece... Looking essentially toward the nepotism, nepotism aspect. Yeah. Because Hunter Biden's kind of the black sheep of the family and he always needs a, he always needs his name to get something because he's a fuck up. Yeah. He got, you know, drummed out of the Navy for testing positive for Coke and all this stuff. He's, you know, he's, there's always one in every political family. Yeah. And I think, so he wrote this piece back in 2015 looking at this and doing all the investigation. And at this point, Everything adds up to there's no conspiracy here. There was no nothing. Biden was doing this on the behest of the president of the United States because he was the VP and the international community wanted to protect Ukraine and they wanted Ukraine on their side. Right. So there was a push by the international community. The U.S. obviously takes the lead because we were still the leader of the free world back then. Yeah. And so we did. And yes, there was a conflict of interest. And yes, it was problematic. But I think the worst we're looking at here is nepotism, not corruption. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get to that later. So, in April of 2016, Zelensky, uh, what's, what's this guy's name? Um, what's his first name? Do you know? Uh, President Zelensky? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I know his first name. I just call him President Z. There you go. So Zelensky, right? He wins the presidential election, and he's just now waiting to be uh, inaugurated, you know, confirmed as the president. Um 
And it's after that, that in mid-April, that Hunter Biden's term as a board member ends and he leaves Burisma Holdings. So he's no longer employed at Burisma Holdings, right? His $50,000 a month free ride has ended. Has ended, right? In April, the Mueller report releases um, and there's, you know, all, whatever, all kinds of shit that comes out after that. Yep. Um, in April, April 21st, Zelensky is elected president. Um in April 23rd, Giuliani begins to tweet about the Ukrainian investigation in 2016. And this is his tweet from April 23rd of 2019. Hillary is correct. The report is in, is the end of the beginning for the second time. No collusion. Now Ukraine is investigating Hillary campaign and DNC conspiracy with foreign operatives, including Ukrainian and others, to, to affect 2016 election. And there's no Comey to fix the result. <sighs> Rudy, so, shut your mouth. Um, on April 25th, in an interview with Fox's Sean Hannity, Trump addresses the suggestion that UK that Ukraine interfered in the 2016. Which okay, so and Hannity's I think it's like, weird yeah, man, to begin yeah. with that the president is on Fox News, like that he I did oh, did Barack Obama ever call into any? No, bro, that's really weird. Come on, but that's this, really weird. You in, know, in the Jod Pod Horns terms, this is normal. This yeah. is Trump's normal. Dude, fuck him, right? No, Rothman's gone for two weeks. I'm not even going to listen to the commentary. I'm it's not right. even going to listen to it. It didn't come out today it. or yesterday. I mean, I was highly upset. Yeah. They were a day late on the first upload, and now no Thursday podcast, no commentary for Colin. So Trump says while he's on Sean Hannity, he says, I would imagine that Barr would want to see, they would want to see this. People have been saying this whole, the concept of Ukraine, they've been talking about it actually for a long time. No, no, no. no Rudy no. Giuliani's been talking about it for a long time, yes. and that's it, right? Um, yeah. In May, two associates of Giuliani's traveled to the Ukraine to meet with Ukrainian officials, according to the report cited by the whistleblower, right? And that's why we're here today. That's why we're talking about this is a whistleblower report that we're going to talk about just a little bit later in this timeline that kind of blows the lid off of all this stuff and begins all this investigation, right? Mm -hmm. And sheds more light on this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden stuff. And was it did not sheds more light, but causes people to yeah. maybe broaden the lens and like see that it's involved yeah. in more things. Did we right? know about the phone call first or the whistleblower complaint first? It's the phone call that we found out about okay. first, but it's just that's how it's stated in Got here. It. Um I couldn't remember earlier. I tried to prompt that earlier. I was like, you know, I don't even remember which one came first, to be honest. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Um, so let's see here. Yeah, see, then as it gets closer, the timelines get bigger and bigger in their description. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's why I'm trying to fucking... May... Blah, blah. So, Sometime yeah, between... May, yeah, so this guy, May, now Julian has been going to the Ukraine for a minute. Yeah, he's been traveling back and forth. He's been meeting with different officials, trying to get mm -hmm. the investigations into Hunter and Joe Biden restarted, and also trying to get an investigation into Hillary Clinton started. Yeah. Um, and a tweet <clears throat> from May 10th. Julian tweets about the Ukrainian investigation. Yep. Says, explain to me why Biden hasn't... Oh, I just accidentally clicked that. My bad. I just went away. Explain to me why Biden shouldn't be investigated if his son got millions from a Russian-loving, crooked Ukrainian oligarch while he was VP and point man for the Ukraine. Ukrainians are investigating and your fellow Dems are interfering. Election is 17 months away. Let's answer it now. On the 11th, Giuliani cancels his trip that he had that he had scheduled to the Ukraine amid a backlash over the propriety of personal aid to the president seeking damaging information about a political opponent from a foreign government. Because it's at this time that the argument can really no longer be made that Giuliani is just over there just, 
you know, making sure everything's on the up and up and whatever. At this point, he is actively researching opposition research and trying to incite a foreign government to look for opposition research Mm -hmm. into a political opponent from his boss, right? He's a personal lawyer from the president, so it's not technically illegal. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's it's, no technical illegality. It is technically here. fine. It's just dirty. But it's super dirty. Super fucking dirty. Super shady. And lying about the guise of why he's going over there. Yep. Right. Um, and so it's at the same time incredibly deceptive. Right. Um, well, lying or not, he believes. I truly think Rudy thinks this is, this is real. Yeah. He's bought in hook, like, and sinker. That is not a shotgun he's pulling out of the car. It's an AR at this point. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. Um, Topical comedy. Bro. Let's see here. Um, it says, mid-May, the whistleblower starts hearing concerns about Giuliani's circumvention of the government's official processes in regards to Ukraine. Jesus Christ. Um May 26th or May 16th, Lutsenko says there is no evidence of any wrongdoing by the Bidens, right? Mm -hmm. So at this point, not only does it look like it's on the up and up in America, but the foreign government that is supposedly looking in to the Bidens now says there is no wrongdoing by the Bidens. Everything looks like Mm -hmm. it's fine, right? Textism. In May 19th, an interview with Fox News, Trump explicitly references Biden's, Biden's efforts in the Ukraine, quote, Biden, he calls them and says, don't you dare persecute if you don't fire this prosecutor. The prosecutor was after his son, Trump says. And then he said, if you fire the prosecutor, you'll be okay. And if you don't fire the prosecutor, we're not giving you $2 billion in loan guarantees or whatever he was supposed to give. Can you imagine if I did that? $1 billion, by the way. Also, yeah, $1 billion. Um, Again, the Britain probe was dormant at the time, according to the U.S. and Ukrainian officials, and there was no evidence it focused on the actions of the Bidens at all. Mm -hmm. May 20th, Zelensky is inaugurated as president. May 23rd, the administration notifies Congress that it intends to release aid money to the Ukraine, right? This is the first step of really the big thing that's currently you know under discussion is this mm-hmm. money that's being withheld from the ukraine congressionally so when or why <clears throat> congressionally correct. approved non-lethal aid yep. to ukraine was stopped allegedly by a member of the executive branch yeah overruled congress aka in this in this context the president of the united states but for what reason we do not know yeah and i don't think we will ever know on June 20th, in an interview with Fox News, Trump links Ukraine in the effort to hack the Democratic National Committee during the 2016 election, a link that the whistleblower and recent reporting suggests doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. No one can prove that there was any type of connection between any of this shit, because all of our intelligence agencies have said that it was the Russians. Um, June 21st, this is a tweet by Rudy Giuliani, new president of Ukraine still silent on investigation of Ukrainian interference in 2016 ele- election and alleged Biden bribery of President Poroshenko. Time for leadership to and investigate both if you want to, to purge how Ukraine was abused by Hillary and Obama people. Jesus. If you're trying to sound nonpartisan, Rudy, that's not the way you do it. Yep. Uh, it's around this time on July 12th that it begins to be reported that Trump and the, the current, at the time, Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coats, are starting to butt heads, right? We talked earlier about Dan Coats. Um, and I'll let me write that down so I can talk about Dan Coats or link back to Dan Coats. Good old Dan um, Coats. Yep, Dan Coats. 
Um, let's see here. On July 18th, Trump's decision to withhold nearly $400 million in aid to Ukraine is communicated to the state and defense departments. Members of Congress are told that the hold is part of an interagency delay. Question mark. Right. What the, does that mean? Yep. Uh, July 19th, Ambassador Volker texts Giuliani to connect him to Zelensky aide named Andre Yermak. July 22nd, Shokin tells the Post that he was removed over the Biden issue. And this is his quote. I will answer that the activities of Burisma, the involvement of his son, Hunter Biden, and the prosecutor general's office investigators are on this tale are the only, I emphasize, the only motives for organizing my resignation. Other Ukrainian officials have cast out on this and said the investigation had long been dormant when Shokin was was removed. So by all accounts, other than Viktor Shokin, they weren't even doing an investigation at the time into the Bidens. So it would be really weird if that's why he got fired, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> on July 23rd, the OMB reiterates the aid to Ukraine is suspended. What does the OMB stand for? Do you know? Google. There you go. Um... And let's see, July 25th. Office of Management and Budget. There you go. So, in other words, the people that don't handle the money. Yep. Um, on July 25th, Trump and Zelensky speak on the phone. This is, this is the big thing, right? This is, yeah. This is the thing that came out in the whistle, whistleblower report, right? Um, or that, I mean, it was talked about in the whistleblower report and then the report actually came out, right? So on July 25th, Trump and Zelensky speak on the phone and this is the president of the Ukraine, mind you, as we later find out from a rough transcript. This is really important. It is not a word for word transcript. It is a dictation by people who were listening at the time and actively taking notes, right? It's like a weird, they call it an annotative Transcript. But there's a lot of people calling it a word-for-word transcript, including the president. But it, that is not what it is. Yeah. By admittance of people in his administration, it is not a word-for-word transcript yeah. of the call. Pompeo right? was on the phone. And he, he wasn't even paying attention to what was yep. going on. Trump repeatedly notes how good the United States is to Ukraine and then proceeds to ask Zelensky to open two investigations, one involving CrowdStrike. So this is how it's worded here, right? And if you if you read... The annotated trend. There you go. If you read that, right, he, the president does in fact talk about how much stuff we do for the Ukraine. And then the president of Ukraine is like, yeah, and we're talking about buying some more javelin missiles. And President Trump, President Trump says, I want you to do me a favor though. That, that is the quote of what he says. I want you to do me a favor though, or do us a favor though, right? That's what he says. The though is there on the end. There's a bunch of people who are like, oh, he doesn't say that. That You added that. That What they released, what the White House released, that's what it says. I want you to do us a favor, though. And then asks the president to open an investigation into Joe Biden, into Hunter Biden. Right? I thought it was into, just into corruption. Into we need corruption. to look at is that, corruption. Do you have the – let's The rough transcript. The, yep. My thing is – my thing's fucked up. Problem is, nobody wants to fucking release it. My computer. So the blah, 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 we absolutely right. Blah blah blah. It's a very good idea. Well, yes. To tell you the truth, we're looking hard because we want to drain the swamp here in our country. So using Trump's language, I'm trying to find the exact portion of this thing. Zelensky. Congratulations on the big victory. There's a good idea. Okay, I'm very happy about Let's see, that. We want the quotes. We want to make sure yep. that it's. Well, just spitball for a second. (laughs) (laughs) The United States has been very, very good to Ukraine. I would say that it's reciprocal reciprocal necessarily because there are happening. 
that they are not good, but the United States has been very, very good to Ukraine. It turns out, blah, 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 Ukraine Union. They got all the important shit highlighted. Yeah. All right. I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say crowd strike. I feel like I should have a good Trump voice here. Don't do it. I guess you I guess you have one of your wealthy people. The server, they say Ukraine has it. There are a lot of things that went on the whole situation. I think you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people. I would like to have an attorney general call you and your people, and I would there like you, you to get to the bottom okay. of it. As you... As you saw yesterday, the whole nonsense at ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller and an incompetent performance. performance. Wow. I mean, maybe his testimony. Okay. But yeah, that was it. So he doesn't in this phone call. So I, I, excuse me, I did get confused because in this phone call, at least by this transcript, he doesn't note the Bidens in specific. But since then, he has noted them in specific. In, oh, yeah. Like he's been the like, oh, well, they itself, should look into the Bidens. Yeah. The phone call transcript itself doesn't specifically say it, but he has since then yeah. made it very, very clear that that's what he was talking about. But, you know, I think of impeachment. Senate court, provable evidence. Right. No, they're there. Right. Um, an internet security, CrowdStrike is an internet security company that probed the Democratic National Committee hack in 2016 and the other involving the Bidens, mm -hmm. right? Um, oh, fucking here it is. And I think it's, it's important to note that on a lot of media outlets reporting on this story, they do not verbatim read that like we just did. Well, so because they just assume they just say that by here he asked him to investigate the Bidens. Well, you should look further down, right? Because this says he later adds, quote, the other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution. Oh, and a lot of a people, lot of people, people want to find out, out about what so whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. <sighs> and yeah. so so he does just later in he, the, not so, that particular portion so the big the big question for a lot of people here right is uh -huh. is the legality is because after this happens after this comes out right after the phone call is released um or is reported and then there's a whistleblower report that comes out a couple days later that just kind of expands on this and says that this whistleblower didn't hear this conversation, but many other people dictated to him, and you know it's it's confirmed, and he feels very confident in it. And I uh, learned from multiple U.S. officials that senior White House officials yeah. had intervened to quote lock down all records of the phone call, especially the official word-for-word -word transcript from the call that was preceded, as is customary by the White House Situation Room. Right. So after the phone call happens, as you said, it's locked down in what they call like a passcode security. It's a right? skiff, baby. Um, and this we is like the out, most top secret of top secret. We networks. find out later that apparently that's not uncommon for them to do with Trump's phone calls with um, foreign like, leaders. With and stuff, foreign yeah. leaders. Um, but it's so it's not as suspicious as it seemed originally, but is still, I think, sus, right? Super sus, um, bro. So. Especially with the way that motherfucker talks. Yes. So come on now. So the whistleblower report comes out. Every time I swear, I swear word now. I'm like, I hear my grandma going, "What are you doing?" And it is, it is the day after the whistleblower report that, excuse me, 
Then Nancy Pelosi and more moderate Democrats say that they are in favor of an impeachment inquiry, and it is formally announced that an impeachment inquiry will start, and it is going to start cracking, right? Cracking. So let's see, what day did the whistleblower report come out, right? Because uh, July 28th, Coates resigns. Um, let's see here. There's like more meetings with Zelensky on August 2nd. Giuliani travels to Madrid where he meets with Zelensky advisors named Audrey Yermak. This meeting was a direct follow-up to the July 25th call, according to the whistleblower's sources. Um, Giuliani had also been reaching out to other Zelensky advisors. Let's see here. <clears throat> Joseph McGuire takes Coates' job on August 8th. August 15th, Coates and Gordon officially leave their positions. Yep. It starts to. It really starts to snowball. After In late this, August, lawmakers raised concern about Ukraine aid being withheld, citing its importance to defend the former Soviet Republic from Russia, mm-hmm. especially because they're saying that it was just interdepartmental delay. Um, let's see here. On September second, on the first, Vice President Pence meets with Zelensky for a World War II memorial, and on the second, Pence says he didn't discuss Biden with Zelensky, but he did suggest that aid was contingent on rooting out corruption. Um, Quote, as President Trump had made me had had me make clear, we have great concerns about issues of corruption, Pence said. The president wants to be assured that those resources are truly making their way to be the kind of investments that will contribute to security and stability in the Ukraine. So that certainly could be interpreted as suggesting the aid was contingent on rooting out corruption, but that is not by that language definitive that that's what he was doing. Again, that's and as this is written yeah. here. And especially um, on the phone call, he's already brought up Biden. Right. So right. now when you say corruption, you're talking about Biden. Yes. Um, let's see here. On That's- the 5th, the Post editorial board writes that it had been reliably told that Trump was attempting, quote, attempting to force Mr. Zelensky to intervene in the 2020 U.S. presidential election by launching an investigation of the leading Democratic candidate, Joe Biden. The Post Sep- as in the WAPOS. Yes. Uh, September 9th, Atkinson notifies the House and Senate Intelligence Committees that a whistleblower has filed a complaint, but he does not reveal its contents or substance. September 10th, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff writes to McGuire demanding Congress receive the complaint. Trump announces on Twitter the National Security Advisor John Bolton resigned. Uh, September 11th, the Trump administration releases the Ukrainian aid that had been withholding. The 13th, Schiff subpoenas McGuire to compel him to disclose a whistleblower complaint, and so it's released eventually. Um, on the 17th, McGuire says he won't testify or hand over the whistleblower complaint, which is not true. He, when he yeah. was testifying, he didn't, he said that he needed more time, not that he wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also said he, there's confusion about whether McGuire, and I want to try and wrap this up because we're getting on this for a fucking a long time and I got to get home, but, um, oh, word. <laughs> But there's confusion about whether or not McGuire did the right processes of going to the White House first to see if there was any type of executive privilege that was going on there. And, you know, the lawmakers feel like they should have seen it first before the White House. And, um, and I think it's important to note that McGuire had been in the, uh, he had been like acting six weeks. for like six weeks at this point. Yeah. And then he did ultimately go to the House to testify. And he made it seem like he was following the policy. That is written out by yeah. just trying to make sure that there was nothing, you know, that should be withheld that's being released. Um, Which and- I understand. And it's 
complicated, and it's one of those, there's no precedent for that. Yeah. It's literally unprecedented, where a whistleblower complaint concerns the president, and you also have to check with him for executive privilege. Yeah. The so, only thing I could think about would be Eric Holder in Fast and Furious. Yeah. Uh, so President Trump releases the transcript, the you know the supposed transcript of the call with Zelensky, and it's on the twenty fourth that uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi finally announces her support for the formal impeachment inquiry. The next day, the rough transcript is released. Um, the twenty sixth, McGuire testified, and the twenty seventh. More than 300 former U.S. national security and foreign policy officials signed a statement supporting House Democrats' impeachment inquiry. So, Volcker, at this point, resigns. Yeah. He's like, I am out of here. Yeah. This is no bueno. And then he he later testifies on the Hill in front of Congress, which has happened, what was that, Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. So, the... Really hard part about really talking about this right now is there is new info that's coming out just about every hour at this right. point. And it's going to continue to on go for a long time. And so I think what's best for us to do at this point is just kind of talk about where we stand with what we know so far. Right. So one of the big questions that there is, or at least arguments over the impeachment inquiry from the more conservative side, is that... In order for impeachment to even be a discussion, there needs to be some type of explained what they call quid pro quo, you know, like a I do this exactly you do that, right, and be, we help each so other out. Conservatives or Republicans are saying because they're the president did not say I'm not going to give you money unless you do this. There's not enough to to say that there's a, a quid pro quo, right? Mm-hmm. The Democrats are obviously arguing that there is enough insinuations there to argue that there was one. And the conservatives are also saying, oh, well, you know, Joe Biden did this and blah, 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 which, as we have shown, there does not seem to be any evidence that there was any wrongdoing on the side of the Bidens. Um, as no, far anything, <clears throat> there is no doubt, even if you ask Republicans, that the conversation the president had with Zelensky was highly improper, highly, highly improper. Super suspect, definitely shouldn't be having conversations like that. In my personal opinion, Ryan, that's reason enough for me to think you shouldn't be president. I don't, I don't know if that's enough for you to get impeached because that's a big process, but that's enough for me personally to think you should not be the president. That is highly unethical, highly inappropriate. I'm not okay at all with conversations like this being had by our president with other foreign leaders. Nope. The, it, because at the end of the day, regardless of what anyone thinks, the president is is inciting a foreign leader to involve himself in our federal elections. That's it. There's no question about it. It doesn't matter. Well, oh, I interpret it this way. It doesn't matter. That's the, the only way to truthfully, objectively read that is the president without directly – with directly asking, asked a foreign country and a foreign leader and a foreign prosecutor to involve himself in our nearest federal election. Yeah. That is fucked up. There's no way to get around it because even though we're talking about corruption – which is the blanket term they're using here, which it's one of those, it depends on what your definition of is, is. You know, they talk about corruption and rooting out corruption. But when they talk about corruption at this point, what they really mean is the corrupt Biden family, blah, blah, blah. And so by having them focus that direction, they are indirectly or actually rather directly having a foreign power investigate who 
a individual who is now running for president of the United States. Yeah. So it is a it's kind of a roundabout way to attack a a, pol- a direct political opponent. Yeah. And there's you just can't get around it. And then we've had over you know the last day or two, um, I think it was yesterday that Trump in a press conference actually on television <sighs> Man. said, "Hey." It was it was one of those like, hey Russia, you should look into these emails things. It was, hey China, you should look into these Biden things. Yeah. At this point, I don't care if there's quid quid pro quo. This man cannot lead the United States of America. He cannot be the face of the United States of America anymore. He is he has proven himself incapable of carrying out the will of the people. Yeah. In a foreign policy concept. Period. It's there may not be a quote high crime or misdemeanor to do this, right? But we because this is a a political it's a political process. Process yeah. that's <clears throat> what I was looking for. I couldn't couldn't land on it. Um, because it's a political process, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to get a guilty verdict in a criminal court. No, this is a sen- This is a political a process. Trial. This guy obviously does not have the best interests of the United States right. in mind at this point. He needs to be removed from office. You need to impeach on those grounds, and you might be able to get the Republicans on your side at this point. See, especially because this is, I think, more than enough, especially for me personally, to warrant an actual genuine impeachment inquiry, right? Like This, and is, if you can, this is foreign. <clears throat> I mean, this is, I don't want to say treason, if, but this is... I mean, this is the man going against the fundamental ethics and morals of the United States of America. If you were somehow able to gain access to the transcript of this phone call and the other phone calls, right, that have been locked away. They're trying to do. If you're able to do that and you're able to show just a continued pattern of inappropriate discussions with foreign leaders like let's let's then, look at some of those putin calls. then the republicans are will have no choice but to get on board because they're already on board they're not on board for impeachment but they're without saying that they don't agree with what he did mm-hmm. they're saying it's incredibly inappropriate it and is. it's incredibly concerning right mm-hmm. especially because this isn't just something that's being ginned up by the democrats this is something the president released this is a document document that the White House released under order of the president. This is this is not a made up leaked document. This is released by the White House by his own transcript. Yep. Rough transcript, whatever you want to call it, right? Volker uh was I don't know if he was subpoenaed or he was under deposition or whatever, but he recently he testified and he shared these text mess these and it's like a not a full text message chain. It's right. a a a group of these text messages that might apply to it, which I don't understand what the deal is here. But in those text messages, man, it don't look good. And there's evidence. It's bad. That could suggest that people in the Trump administration knew that President Trump was withholding aid to try and get the Ukrainian government to begin to investigate the Bidens in the 2016 election. And it, by reading those text messages, it, it looks, you get the perception. Looks horrible. That these individuals <coughs> surrounding this whole situation, essentially not necessarily trying to do anything terrible. They're trying to make a good working relationship with Ukraine and the United States of America. They're trying to 
you know, you, these aides are trying to coach the presidents how to talk and to what they're going to say and all this stuff. But they're focusing on the fact that they're the president said there can be no quid pro quo, yep. which means he knew what he was getting into and he knew what is impropriate, what he would be able to get away with. Could and couldn't say. And this this speaks to the sleazy New York real estate guy in yep. him. What can we do that's just barely legal to and get by? And we have heard this not to, you know, I'm not pumping up Michael Cohen, but we have heard someone Michael Cohen in the president's own camp say that he, when he talks, he talks in a way that he insinuates that you know what he wants without him saying what he wants. Yeah, you know, it's called the uh, mobster. He knows you know? what he can and can't say. Mm-hmm. He knows what he can get away with, and he knows what will absolutely incriminate him for what he wants. Right. So I heard so, something on Shapiro uh, today. Actually, I think and I was like, "How does Trump go from the world's worst lawyer, Michael Cohen?" The minute he gets in th- he gets thrown in jail, he gets the world's second worst lawyer, Mayor Giuliani. It's weird, right? It's <laughs> super is- weird. And at the same time, Giuliani's still out here going on about the Bidens and about Ukraine, you know? Giuliani's going to end up testifying in front of Congress. Oh, he's going to have to. Oh, and that's going to be the best thing to watch. It is, because every time he gets on Fox News or CNN, he does more and more damage. And I yeah. can only imagine the damage he's, he's going to cause... In Congress. He's crazy. Yes. So we're going to just watch and see what happens. Yeah. At this and I point. think that's all we have as far as. Uh, now we got to talk fantasy. I'm yeesh. kicking your ass. Yes. <laughs> we're going to talk fantasy and then we're going to do our picks and then we're going to get the fuck out of here. Um, I have some notes for sports, but we're just going to do it a different day. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you and I are playing each other in fantasy this week. Let me pull up our matchup here. Um, and I made a move the other night where yep. I was thinking I needed a new tight end. Yep. And I needed one. And I need one. I've been looking on the thing. And this guy was not the number one available tight end on the list. I think he was number three or four. But I saw that the Rams were playing the Hawks this week. And I'm like, if there's anybody that's going to fuck on the Hawks, it's going to be the Rams. Yeah. And I have a feeling if they're going to do that, they're going to utilize their tight end. He's going to get some good points. So I took a gamble. I picked him up. And boy, how did he got me over 20 points that game. Yes, and he did. on top of that, the Hawks won. So this was a win-win for me, baby. Yeah. I got to root for my guy who's beating the Seahawks' ass. And they still come out with a win at the end. And it was maybe the best... It was definitely the best Thursday night game that I've ever watched. One of the best football games that I've ever watched. It was awesome. Um, yeah, so we're, we are playing each other this week. You got a good 20 point projection lead on me, 15 point projection lead. Yeah, Gerald Everett, right, that tied like in. projected to get like four and a half points. Yeah, seven receptions for 136. You got 20 and a half points out of this guy. Not too shabby. And every time he's catching the ball, I'm like, fuck that guy. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? He just kept catching the ball. And I just couldn't believe it. Over a hundred fucking yards. That's dude. what I was hoping he was going to have for yeah. a tight end. Yeah, who does that yeah. other than Gronk back right. in his heyday? Yeah, there's only a couple. You know, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle that like can get up there and do that. Problem is, um, I don't think it's going to last that long. So I might so, have to get yeah. rid of. So it. we'll see what happens. I have I have Josh Allen as my QB. I don't know if he's even going to play on Sunday. I'm hoping he's going to play on Sunday. If he doesn't, I'm going to have to try and pick someone up. It's going to. I got be Garoppolo back in action this week. Coming off a bye week, playing Cleveland always be a, but he's playing Cleveland, like you said. Playing Cleveland, and so I'm like, I feel good. 
I feel yeah. good, but I'm still nervous. Yeah. But then again, it's Garoppolo, so I'm always nervous. You have some good matchups this week, you know. Mm-hmm. That's I'm I'm a little concerned. So we'll see. And I mean, I've been doing really poorly this year. I'm one and three in this big money league. Um, I think I'm only you're two, two and two, two maybe, yeah. but you still have a, a win lead on me. Yeah, and I'm. It's not something I'm I can set up. and forget. It's, um, that's I got to look at this thing every week. Active work, active work for yep. sure. So you know, I got. Uh, so I have Josh Jacobs at Chicago, which sucks really bad. Marking over Pittsburgh, which kind of sucks. But I have DeAndre Hopkins at Atlanta. So I'm really hoping that he'll just catch three fucking touchdowns and score 60 points. And that's what will, that's what will do the job for me. Uh-huh. Um, Darren Waller at Chicago, that fucking sucks. Golden Tate's coming back. I think I have to play him in Minnesota. Um, fucking traitor. It sucks. Yeah, I'm in a bad place. Um, as far Come as the like guy who was rooting against my team the Hawks this weekend, so I have Terry McLaurin, but he's playing New England, and I don't, you know, Michael Gallup against Green Bay. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's it sucks. So, do you? Because you're in so many leagues. Four. How do you look at every draft at it? In, in a completely different angle, do you try to get different? Try to get different people. Yeah, you know, try to but get do different you still people. always front load? Because you're kind of a wide receiver, running back guy for like eight rounds. If, yes, you know what um, I mean. You, you do that pretty solid in every league. I mix it up a little bit, you know. Like in one of the leagues, I got Zach Ertz uh, as my tight end, so I had to draft him early. Like I'm in like the third round, so okay. um, sometimes I'll fuck around. I'm like, well, maybe I'll take a quarterback early, you know. But way more apt to take a tight end early than anything else because I know that those will be more worth it at the end of the year mm-hmm. um it's either they're but, worth it or they're not <clears throat> and you get a slow trickle of points yeah or you get a beast but definitely i'm uh you know i try and focus a lot on running backs um just because they go so quickly and it's they do go quick yeah quick yeah, so they certainly do. They become much harder to find. So I ended up having some pretty good running backs this year. Like I have Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingram, fucking carry on Johnson and Devin Singletary. So I got some good running backs, you know, especially in a 14 team league, they become yeah. increasingly important. Oh yeah. Um, because after a couple weeks, there's just nothing left on the waiver wire to be. And the injuries have all. been hard so far this year already. Yeah. Been heavy hitting. Yeah. It's a it's tough year, a tough man. Spot. Yeah. The so. fo- it's one of those bottom <clears throat> of the barrel years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we will do our picks now and we will do. What week is this now? We're going to be in week five. So we should do our week six picks. Right. Okay. So that people can hear the week six picks on Monday. We can do five and six real quick if you want. Um, that's up to you. We'll just do six. All right. Let's do six. Um, so week six, right? Because we're trying to stay a week ahead. We fucked around and didn't do our picks <laughs> right. during the weeks out. But um, we'll do our week six picks. Um, so it is Giants at Patriots. I'm going to say the Patriots are going to go ahead and win that game. Thursday yep. night, that would be a good Thursday night game. Uh, Panthers. Yeah, Giants get <laughs> Panthers at Buccaneers. Um, oh, that's an interesting. Oh, and it's a six thirty a.m. game, so that means they're playing in like in England or something, and that's what's up. I like that shit. I get to watch football at work in the morning, and that's really cool. Um, I'm fuck you work too much. <laughs> I'll take. A, <laughs> I think I'll take a, the Buccaneers on that one. I hate to say it, but I'm gonna have to go Cam. If he's playing that week, yeah, it's there. It's been oh, the that's backup. right. Because he's yeah. been weird, right? His foot's fucked up. Yeah, so it's it's Bucks. But yeah, Panthers, Buccaneers. Yeah, I want to go Buccaneers. 
And after that is Redskins at Dolphins. I'm going to go and take the Redskins on that one. Dolphins look like shit. Yeah, I think Washington, 100%. After that is Saints, Jaguars, Saints at Jaguars. I'm going to take the Saints. Saints away on that one. Ooh. I'm going Jags. Yeah, because Teddy Bridge is shit. Oh, Jags have been doing some interesting stuff this year. Yep. All right, I already called it Saints, so I'm just going <laughs> to stick with that. After that is Bengals at Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens on that one. I'm going Bengals. And then after that is Seahawks at Browns. That's what's up. Yeah, that's a Hawks game. Hawks, yep. And then after that is Eagles at Vikings. I'm going to take the Eagles on that one. I'm taking the Vikes. Yep. Um, and then after that, Texans at Chiefs. Ugh. Shit, that's a good one. I'm going Texans. Um, I'm going Chiefs on that one. Chiefs. After that is Falcons at Cardinals. Falcons. Yeah, Falcons. Cardinals are dick this year. And after that is 49ers at Rams. <sighs> Shit. I'm going to go 180 on my gut and go 49ers. My gut's telling me no, the Rams are going to win. I'm going, I'm going Garoppolo's Rams. getting minus five points. <laughs> I'm going Rams. Okay. And after that, Titans at Broncos. I don't. I haven't been watching the Titans at all this year. Are they? Yeah. The Broncos are kind of garbage. Yeah. All right. I'll go with. I'll go with the Broncos. I think. All right. That didn't feel good. I don't like that. I'm gonna go Titans. I guess. After that is Cowboys at Jets. I'm gonna go Jets just because I like Cowboys. Jets. Cowboys. Dallas. You get a star. Um, after that, Steelers at Chargers. I'm gonna take the Chargers at that one. L.A. Yep, that's a Sunday night game. Yep. And then the Monday night is Lions at Packers. God, that's gonna be a good game. Go Pack, go! I'm taking the Lions. I, I think the Lions are gonna win, but I gotta go. I think Detroit, Detroit yeah. can do it. There you I gotta, go. I got. I literally have to pee so bad. I gotta stand up for this. <laughs> so those are the week six picks. Um, that is the last thing. I'm just gonna pull up a line now. Um, so much better when you stand up. There's no pressure on your bladder. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird, right? <laughs> can you imagine we do a uh, we do a show for three hours where we stand up the whole time? <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. Um, let's see. <laughs> I just remember the theme for the line and I'm thinking about what we talked about before the show and like I'm going oh it's too close too close yeah and I don't even like I want this one but I don't know if I said it or not so I don't want to double up like so quickly you know well it's either you um, do that or I piss my pants on camera <laughs> <laughs> alright Colin this cash register lady is mean and I have anxiety will you buy this for me when I'm high I can't do this definitely because I gotta pee so bad I'll buy anything you want <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs>